evening, everyone, and welcome to Garage Hammer, episode 48. On tonight's episode, the boys recap their experiences at Adepticon 2012. So, without any further ado, here are your hosts, David Whitech and Christopher Barnett. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 48 of Garage Hammer. 48, 48, 48, 48. It's great. 48 is a high rate. 48 is titrate. Titrate. 48 ammonium nitrate. Yeah, we're reprobates. There you go. Good song. I think we should record it. Four dozen. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. And four. My songs are getting dumber and dumber. No, I think that's genius. Is it? <laughs> I know, but I want to say so. Well, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. It's hard to come up on the fly with a song about a number, and I'm not going to plan out a song beforehand. I think you should. Better. I think you should really? spend about a half an hour nailing it. <laughs> yeah, I want to nail this that This one's number. brilliant. Skip Stevenson. Beat you to it. Well, we didn't introduce ourselves yet, so how could I? I'm anyway? Skip Stevenson. I think you should do that from episodes 51 to 100. I'm the cranky lawyer. That Topher's a douche. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> so, sitting across from me, folks. Oi, is- shut it. I am listening to my show. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make fun of your character with uh, the alter ego. My character? Listen, he's my friend, but don't... Uh, oh, shut it. I am listening to my show. Oh, it's your it's your sophisticated That's orc. Right. <laughs> Step off, you suckers. I'm listening to my show. How's that? So I'm Chris Barnett. Hi. And I'm Skip Stevenson. <laughs> yeah, you totally just ruined my mood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> get your mood back. <laughs> Stella, get your groove back. Come on, Chris. Put me in the mood. Not that mood. Hey, Dave. Try this Colt 45. It works every time. <laughs> Colt 45. Yeah, if it's good enough for Lando Calrissian, it's good enough for me. Malt liquor. <laughs> After I'm done blowing up a Death Star, I won't get it on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. Yep, yep. Uh, why don't you? <laughs> why don't you think... Uh, thanks, somebody, for God's sake. <laughs> I might just take this time to thank our sponsors, like Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. That's Illinois with a silent S, folks. <laughs> Game Preserve stores located throughout Indiana. <laughs> the X at the end is silent also. Urza's Den, custom painting and sculpting. I got nothing witty to say. Battle Foam. When do you have something witty Never! to say? Never! <laughs> Stay a while. <laughs> Protecting your eyes. I like how you put the two A's. You did it on purpose this time. Nice. It's always the two A's have always been there. The first time it was a typo, <laughs> which is what made me say ah, army, and now it stays. It's a good thing the typo wasn't a G, because then it'd be your army. <laughs> and weird world's <laughs> terrain. What's your world? <laughs> yeah, that one was almost piercing. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Weird world's terrain. Someone tweeted me, like, by the way, that that noise you keep replicating is known as a theremin. I'm like, I know exactly what a theremin is. No, a theremin is a... It can go other ways, too, but... It goes other ways? Yeah. It's one of those open-minded theremins. Hey, they used it in Good Vibrations by the Beach Boys. They did. I need a theremin in my life. 
No, Harrison is not getting a freaking We're beard. We're now accepting donations for a Garage Hammer Theremin. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Theremin contest. I would. There would be a theremin flying out the second right. window of my house That's after right. 20 Instead minutes. Instead of a Vuvuzel, I'm going to be giving away theremins and bits. <laughs> well, those are worth Here something. you go. <laughs> Stop playing with that goddamn theremin. <laughs> you can find links and information <laughs> for all of our sponsors, both in the show notes. I can't even whistle. Thank you. And also on our website, garagehammer.net. Yeah. That was smoking. <laughs> hey. <laughs> We're losing it. This is how it's going to be. Oh. Well, folks, it is May 1st. May Day. Auga. Um, sorry about the last show being four or five days late. Um, as you can tell, as, 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 as you can tell. I had a lot of time. And we'd like to welcome Andy uh, Sherman to the program. <laughs> and Andy Sherman couldn't be here because he's too busy producing these seven different Ohio Hammer shows. Oh, my God. <laughs> At Endepticon. How do you do it? <laughs> At Portillo's. <laughs> <laughs> Bienvenidos a la Portillo's. <laughs> I need some tortillas. Que comer usted. Okay, we do have a... It's sh- business time. We do have a shout out. Yes, we do. Um, while I was at Adepticon, I was approached by a very nice gentleman, and that nice gentleman's name was Edward Carpenter. Hi, Ed. How are you? And Ed came up and said, I want to do a shout out. And I said, okay. And you said, no. And so he, he gets the whole shout out ready mm-hmm. and didn't, it was like reluctant to give me his name because the shout out is to us. He just wanted to thank us for doing such a great show and giving him so much uh, fun listening to the show. It's a good. T- it's good to have. We're, apparently, we're good to have on when you're painting, because apparently, when you sit down for painting on the long haul, <laughs> this show fills the bill. It's um, true. But uh, he just. We're also good for taking a crap, dude. If you're taking a four to six hour crap, you need to see a doctor. <laughs> Not necessarily. What if you had like a crossword puzzle or you just need to get through like the Tamarcon book? I will admit that I often stay in there longer than I need to, but oh, yeah. I have three children outside the door. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah, it's the one place I can go in the house where nobody will interrupt me. Hey, you kids, shut it. I'm listening to my show. Well, stop that. You're my show. But thanks very much because he sponsored a shout out just to, and his, his shout out was to us. To our, he said, shout out to yourselves because I just want to thank you guys for a great show. And that's kind of freaking awesome thank you thank you very much yeah yeah a lot of nice folks at uh, adepticon thank you very much for all the well wishes thank you for all the greetings as you can tell david is the gregarious one and i tend to be a little shy and flighty i disappear people are scary yikes (laughs) (laughs) i i I love it i'm not gonna even pretend that i don't i know you get a little you're a little shyer you're a little i love it but i i definitely have to like I have to take it in uh, in segments where I do, okay, I'm going to go disappear for a few minutes <sighs> and then go back in. I just, I mean, with so many people walking up and it still, it still kind of stuns me when people are all like, wow, it's Dave. I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I, that's the only time that people ever do that because around my house it's like, oh, it's that guy. And at school it's, oh, it's that guy. And it's just such a weird thing that people like want to hang out and talk to me because normally people can't wait to get out of the room. Well, it's one of the nice things about Adepticon or any tournament is you get to you get to hang out with folks who you only otherwise get to see a few times a year. And to that, me, it's yeah. like, oh, sweet reunion! Here we go. That honestly, that's kind of that was 
the most fun part about mm-hmm. it. It was actually even more fun than the Good actual see, game. Oh, yeah, like seeing Andrew and Chris Broska and uh, Nykamp and yeah, the Point and, Hammer Boys and the and the Warmongers from New York. Yeah, I mean, everybody, all the guys. Uh, Luther. I was, yeah. I was hoping he'd be there. Yeah. Well, yeah, I knew he would be, and it was, uh, you know, it's just... You know, I mean, and if I and if we forget to name anybody that we talked to, oh, there's so today, many people you dude, could so many people, an entire I, I would, show. Other oh, Spencer from uh, Spencer Stevens, which I totally didn't get our game in. I felt bad. He, I, Egon I, was playing. He came up to talk to me. This dude John, who I saw in the hallway when I was going to pick up a pizza, and then I invited him to come back and watch the game. And he was like, "All like, can I really?" And I'm like, "Dude, really? It's, it's just I'm, I'm I can't even win a game. You're not. It's not all that exciting." But it was really cool. It was really cool. You won one game. I did. I beat Relian. I know. I feel bad. I need to. I need to do my pickup game with him at bits. He wanted to play a game, and I, first I was just come home from like. He has totally called me out now. Huh? He is. He is grudging me round one at bits. Oh, is he? I'm grudging uh, Zenite. Aaron yeah. Schmidt. Yeah, and then Domus wants to grudge me too. Apparently, I'm like, great. They're lining up to. to I want to play Domus team. at some point. I need to. I need to show the Wood Elves that fire burns very easily. Fire burns. There. Fire, fire bad. I guess what I meant to say before sounding stupid was wood burns. <laughs> Too late. Too late. <sighs> hey, news and rumors. Hey, how about him? Uh, no, not nothing. Uh, do you know any? I mean, no. Actually, I know of absolutely nothing whatsoever. I mean, there are no reliable rumors right now. Nothing from Warsir that I can see. People are speculating. And every other ter- person I talked to at uh, Adepticon was, oh, I'm sure that the dwarves are next. No, no, I hear that the warriors of chaos are next. And frankly, I've heard one of everything now. So I don't know what's next. The one rumor that I keep hearing. Warriors, right? It, well, it's if if not June, then July is going to be 6th edition. Uh, oh, uh, 40K. 40K. And then the next book will be the Cast Legions for 40K. And then Warriors. Those are the three books before the end of the year. And then I keep hearing the first book of the new year is going to be Demons. Demons, yeah. And, the, I mean, the people I'm hearing this from are usually pretty reliable mm-hmm. when they come talk to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be cool. That's fine. Well, it makes sense. I mean, at this point, Demons covers both systems. So, yeah, yeah you're getting... you're well, getting What a, that tells me, Dave, is that tells me they're going to come out with some new models. Because yeah. if they need a new book right away, then that means that they have a product line that they need to cover quickly. Right. And that's fine with me because I always felt like they needed more minor demons anyway. All I want to see is, and they're not going to do it. You want to see that uh, piece is given a chance? I want to see the, the blood letters mm-hmm. can line up and rank up those goddamn models. Oh, they're great yeah. for 40K when you can keep them on a round base an inch apart from each other. But I have 30 of them, and I had to label them, and I actually labeled them. They were five wide and six deep, and each row was one a through F. So if I had to go hoard, I could take the three off the back and move them to the side. I'm not necessarily and back. not necessarily saying you're wrong, but I wouldn't hold your breath on that because the models look nice. They're not going to do yeah, them. They're no, not. no. I mean, they have some nice looking plastics. They're not going to replace them. But whoever designed that with the sword sticking straight out in the front, like on over half the models, needs a beating. The pink horror is the same thing. Oh, look, these ones have four arms. Except when you put four arms on them, or sometimes even three arms. Mm-hmm. The guy next to him, well, I mean, once whoever designed those was really thinking 40k. Well, I have because m- they don't have to be as much ranked. as I want to see a new Wood Elf book because they need it, and as much as I would like to see a Bretonian book, even though they kind of don't. You know, now they, that they, the, they do, 
They do and they don't. The army works, and it's not abusively broken. It's True. a shame because there are only so many builds. What it means is that I love my bruts. I get a little bored. I can play them for about six months, and then I need to put them down. As much as they, I mean, they're, they're, they work. They work well. I, I, I personally believe that when someone says they're a weak army, I correct them. No, they're not. And I don't want to say they have a mono build because you can do different builds, but they've yeah. only got 13 unit types in the whole book. I mean, I would say it's a reasonably inflexible amount of choice. It's like you're going to go this way or that way, but there's not much in when between. When you have 13 units total, and some of those are your lords and heroes. Well, yeah. That's isn't that isn't that, is it with lords and heroes? I mean, you're the one who knows. Two I'm, fighting, two fighting, uh, a fighting lord, a fighting hero, uh, casting lord, a casting hero. That's four, four core, four special, two rare. So that's fourteen. Mm-hmm. Five of which are knights. The others are variations on peasant. Yeah, and I mean you can, and then the rare you can only take. You know, you got two trebs, and what's the other rare? Uh, rail knights, which you can only have one. Rail knights, one unit right. of. Here, here's where. Here's where. In my personal opinion, Brett's suffer, and it's not here. Hmm. It's in Europe where you have a lot of the comp and you have a lot of these lists that are like 450-point max units and stuff like that because suddenly the things that the Bretts, I mean, they're not a cheap army. And the ones that do you win— mean, Do you mean by points value? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, they're, they're core 24. Yeah. I mean, when you're, when you're limiting them in that way, it's very—it it becomes difficult— to it, it does because you want to maximize the lance rule, right? And in order to do that, you need to max a rank. You need to have twelve of them, right? And so, I mean, I think it hurts. And that's not to criticize, you know, anyone who's playing in Europe with comp. I know we we play with very little comp. Well, that's why I think that in the Midwest, I can't speak for all of the United States, but at least in the Midwest, we're fairly adamant about no comp. Well, I think the and, system works best that way for us. And Domus, you know, Ginger Buddha, sure, uh, he's. In, on our forums, and there was some uh, I, the Nordlander. There's the Nordlander podcast. He, he did the. He asked us if we and, and Ohio Hammer and us wanted to all get together in a couple of weekends in Indiana and play some games. Mm-hmm. And the comp he plays, he's in Florida. It's a very severe, very strict comp. Yeah, we actually that was posted on our forum, and there right. was some fairly. Uh, it brought up a really good debate, which is. Why to or why to not play comp? And well, and Domus said it best. He said, you know, so many of us speak so many different languages when we start comping because so many people in different areas think different things. Like I know in our local gaming groups, you know, we consider Hiles to be a pretty darn good army. High elves, they yeah. are a good army. But if you listen to Andy in Ohio Hammer, he's never he, the, the, the in, in Ohio. Apparently, high elves are crap. I don't understand why, but okay. Well, you know, but, what I'm saying, but, but I mean, the, the way a, things a local are played, metagame is partially uh-huh. is partially founded on the success of a particular general with that army. If right. they don't have a general who's capable with them, either by bad luck or bad decisions, but what they I'm look saying, like based army. on what I heard Andy say, you would never comp anything that the high elves have because apparently nobody nobody wins with them over here. Whereas over here, they're a little better. If they're if we had a comp system put in, they might get. If you went army by army, some of their stuff might get comped. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and that's what, what Domus was saying, was there's a lot of different languages being spoken, and he said here in the Midwest, what we agreed to is to speak one language only, and that is the BRB. No comp. The BRB is, you know. Now, no special characters because which is the why one the bit FAQs, of comp. Which is why the FAQs are so important to us, uh-huh. because if we agree that something doesn't seem right, we want to see GW step in and correct it. Exactly. Um, like I said, the only comp, and I, I, I know it is comp, but I don't consider it comp, is when people say no special characters. A lot of places. I mean, you'll see no nothing. You'll see nothing comped except that one thing, 
And it's been so common all through seventh. I mean, nobody. Now you're seeing it allowed in tournaments. You never did. Um, and it was just, it was so basic. That was almost like a given that I almost don't consider. If the only comp you've got is no special characters, I would say you had no comp. I mean, personally, even though, yes, I know it is. You're, you are. It is. In, I, yeah. In, in the Midwest, I guess we have two options, with or without special characters. Yeah. Uh, but e- either of those are not really, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. In, in, a, in here, that's not even considered comp. That's just, a, are we having special characters or no? Well, until uh, until 8th edition, it was never a consideration except for maybe Ard Boys. Right. So that's it. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I totally lost track of even what I was saying. But, well, we were talking a little bit about uh, Adepticon. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, how about this? How about this? Let's go ahead and just transition. Now, while we were at Adepticon, uh, you were able to pick up the new Forge World Ade- uh, Monstrous Arcanum. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. New releases. That was under, We got that list under new releases. You want to hit that or you want to take a quick break? Why don't we hit our break and then we'll get into it because I have not yet seen the book. Oh, okay. Uh, while we take a quick break, Harrison will grab the book off the shelf because okay. he put it away for me. So, guys, we'll see you in just a sec. Okay. You've heard him on the show. You've seen his work on our website. He's Brian Steele, owner of Urza's Den. That's right, folks. Urza'sDen.com. Custom modeling, sculpting, and painting. You got a model you don't want to paint? Send it to Brian. You got an army you don't want to paint? Send it to Brian. You can't come up with an idea for a conversion? Give his ideas a try. Heck, you got an army list with models they don't even make? Brian's the man. Give him a call. Check him out at Urza'sDen.com. You won't be sorry. We're back. Back. We're back. We're back. <laughs> We're back. I'm waiting for you to chime in. And you're not, so I'm just going to keep saying it. We're back. We're back. Hey, how's it going, guys? We're about to talk some Warhammer. All right. Christopher has grabbed both of his cheeks and has pulled them as far as he can away from his face and is now talking that way. We're back. <laughs> That's, that's fantastic. Thanks, man. Okay, so... Let's go wobbles the bravo and hobble nibbit. That sounds okay. <laughs> yeah! Okay, Christ. welcome back. So we're going to try to talk Warhammer. Okay, so new releases. Um, To quick cover the other new releases, because there are new releases other than this book... Mm-hmm. They did come out with a whole bunch of new Necron stuff, second wave Necrons this week. Oh, did they? Or they announced them. I think it comes out this weekend. But okay. They announced them for pre-orders. Yeah, first week. Yeah, this weekend. Um, there's some really cool ass stuff in there. The new Necron models are pretty hot. Okay. Um, I really like them. Honestly, if you look at them, there's some pretty darn cool Necron crap in there. Um, not that I'm running out to play Necrons, but if you play in them, that Triarch Stalker or whatever the hell it's called is Really flipping cool looking. That's news to me. I had no it's, idea. It, I mean, I only saw a picture of it a couple of days ago, but from what I remember of it, picture almost like it's like he's in a little, you know, he's sitting on his little machine, you know, piloting it. It's kind of that open type thing like Necrons usually have, and it's got like six or eight little legs. It's almost like a spider thing walking. It's, you okay, know, it's cool. It's pretty cool. It's pretty darn neat looking. Um, but you bought some stuff at Adepticon. Yeah, I spent some money over at uh, Forge World and picked myself up some uh, some of the Hand Weapon and Shield Chaos Dwarves. Yay. Uh, and I was nice enough to receive a gift from Iron Lord, I believe it was. Oh, uh, yeah. Colin. Colin. And uh, he was nice enough to provide me some of the, the Chaos Dwarf characters from Forge World, which look mm-hmm. really great. And uh, Spencer also. Didn't Spencer have some stuff for you? I 
Spencer managed to uh, save from last year the Demon Smith, which was, I think, the last year's Forge World, Forge World special. Yeah. yeah, so I had one of those. And uh, the Avatars of War character, oh. uh, the, the cast dwarf, the, the lord who's kind of resting on his hammer. Yeah, pretty that cool. really cool. So um, I'm going to incorporate those suckers into my army. Now, I know I said I wouldn't stand in the Forge World line, and then I realized, hey, I got a very important gamer pass at Adepticon. They're going to open a half hour early for us. I can get in line. Um, that got totally foobarred. Oh. Uh, well, Thursday I went out and got my tickets and had to come home because I had kid activities. And I was going to leave really early Friday to get there really early and get in line, except I guess nobody here on the home front expected me to leave really early. Like they figured you had nowhere to go and nothing starts till noon, no classes or anything. So I was going to see the kids off to work mm-hmm. or school. So I had making to, your kids work already. Yeah, well, you know they need to earn a trade. Um, so yeah, uh, I was apparently uh, my wife was under the impression I wasn't leaving here till about eight p.m. a.m. Oh, okay. But I mean, they opened up stuff about eight eight thirty. So and I had an over an hour drive, and I wanted to leave before rush hour so I could be like first in line, and that totally didn't happen. In fact, once I let the kids go at eight, I realized I wasn't going to make it in line anyway. Mm-hmm. So I just got other things done I needed to do. I didn't leave here till about nine nine thirty. Okay. Um, just a so, rush rush hour at that point. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, a big thank you to Andrew Niekamp. Um Andrew uh, finally got to meet him and uh, Broska. At, yeah, they're, uh, they're righteous bros. Yeah, they're, they're really cool guys. And they I, I spent a lot of time with them this weekend, hanging out, um, eating sandwiches, stuff like that. Sure. And, uh, sure. <laughs> but sure. Uh, yeah. Andrew was getting in line for Forge World, and I, I was going to meet him in line, and I couldn't. And so I texted him and said, dude, I can't get in line. Are you going to be? He's like, yeah, I'll be in line. I'm like, could you please pick up the Monsters Arcanum for me, and I will pay you when I get there. I mean, first of all, do you have fifty bucks to spot me for the next couple? I mean, it was only for a couple hours, but still, you know. Yeah. And he's like, no problem. I'll get it for you. I got money. I'll pick it up. You're going to just pay me when you get here. Sure, I will. So I get there, and apparently, when it was hit, he, you know, he waited for like two hours in line, even though he was one of the early. He was the VIG there also, so he got in early. But it was still a pretty long line. And he gets up and he gets a few things. And then he goes, and I need two Monsters Arcanum. And they go, we have one left. So you're only getting one. Unless you want to order one. And I don't think he ordered one. But he got the one that was left. And he's like, I know you want it. And you want to use it to look at it and talk about it on the show. So he let me have it. He nice. stood in line and bought it. And then only managed to get the one. And then let me get it. So thank you to him for that. Because I, I like this book. Yeah, it's pretty sharp. Um, same, same style as Tamarcon. I mean, the the look, the feel, the look of the pages, the artwork. A lot of it is very similar. Everything, yeah. the The cover itself, the art, the yeah, the color of the paper. Um, lots of interesting things on how uh, there's they talk about this whole. There's a whole story in the beginning, which maybe on the next episode or something. Once you've gotten a chance to look through it and read it. It's a very interesting tale of this war that goes on and talking about and basically from the eyes of one of these guys who's using these powerful ancient scrolls of summoning to summon some of these more powerful monsters and this battle that goes on between men and it turns out to be men and Skaven. Hmm. Um, oh, it's, it's, it's really cool. <laughs> it's really, I mean, it's only about 10 pages, maybe 12 pages, but I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, 
it does give rules for scrolls of binding. They do have some new special rules for um, they have colossal beasts. They can they get if, if you've got a colossal beast rule, two d six hits for thunder stomp. It's a little bit like the rules that they included for the chaos mammoth. Uh, let's see, uh, largest of monsters. So that's the one that allows it to thunder stomp anything, but but it, with the exception of another largest of monsters. Yes. Okay. So this thing can thunder stomp even your big, you know, it's thunder. And in theory, mo- it can thunder stomp a dragon. Yes. Actually, in practice, it can thunder stomp a dragon. The cool thing is, most of the largest of monsters also have the colossal beast rule, so okay. they're doing two d six thunder stomp. It's, it's huge. It, it's stupid. <laughs> um, and then there's uh, incarnate elementals. Which the Forge World had the one, the one the Elemental of Beasts with there the are two, right? Yeah, there's beasts yeah. and there's uh, what was the other one? Well, they have no, they have in the book. There's nature, there's death. Is that right? There's one I think or for fire. every. I think there's one for almost every lore. Is biscuits, in this book. There's one of an incarnate nature of biscuits. I yes, and there, yes, biscuits. Incarnate Elemental of pudding. And you can take the two, uh, the two upgrades, either the Grands mm-hmm. or the um, the um, Home Batter, hot and flaky. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I'm hungry. Hungry um, for Warhammer. The interesting thing is, like the incarnate, the incarnate elemental of beasts, the one that they have on the Forge World site, has the the animal body with the skull head with the big antlers. Right. They are immune to the spells from their lore, so that one is immune to beast spells. You can't use beast spells against it. Okay. Uh, it incarnate elemental of death is immune to spells from the lore of death, uh, like that. Um, they are. It's subject to any particular effects that cause additional harm to demons and undead, except if it's from their governing lore. So if the lore attribute does extra stuff to demons and undead, like which lore is that? Is that light? Life? Light affects light. demons. So if you have an incarnate elemental of light, even though it is a demon, technically, that lore attribute that does more damage to demons doesn't affect it because it is immune to that lore. Makes sense. Um they also have things called chomp and tail attacks. Uh, chomp gets an additional attack on top of the profile. It's rolled separately because the chomp attack um, will also give the chomp attack for uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, the chomp attack often has extra bonuses. Like it'll say chomp attack and it'll have a little special rule attached to it so it says roll differently. It sounds like it's a bit inspired by the um, what's the, the the extra attack like from the necrosphinx. Right. Okay. Um, it also gets a plus one to hit against large targets on account of them being easier to bite. Yeah. So if it's got a chomp attack, you have to roll that separately because it's got a plus one to hit for that attack if it's a large target. And it's got special rules. Tail attacks are like that. They get an extra attack. They roll separately. Um, tail attacks get a plus one to hit against models, models fighting to the rear because that's where your tail is. Okay. So if you get charged in the rear and you have a tail attack, you get a plus one to hit because it's easier to hit people in the back. Um, and if it normally has poison or killing blow or any of that stuff, then that also applies to the chomp and the tail attack. Um, they threw in a bunch of more of the magic items and mythic artifacts like they had in the uh, Storm of Magic book. It's, it's really, it sounds like a supplement to the Storm of Magic rules. It is. Um, what's cool is, I mean, you saw some of these monsters. Some of the stuff in here is really amazing. It goes hand in hand with some of the really cool models that uh, Warhammer Forge has been making. So this is this is the way to use those in your Warhammer games. Uh-huh. So if you, play, if you play Storm of Magic or they've included ways for you to include these things 
without using the Storm of Magic rules precisely. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Now, skipping going through all the really cool different monsters, because, I mean, we could we could spend a whole lot of time just covering uh, honestly, every monster Honestly, yeah, there's so much there that it would, if, that's a show in itself. And we, we could do that one show if we wanted to. Um, but basically, okay, here comes the new Warhammer. They have Warhammer scenarios, and then they have a couple of Storm of Magic scenarios. But base, here's the basic Warhammer scenario. And if you know Storm of Magic, this will sound familiar. Um, you select your army, and then you take twenty-five, an extra 25% in binding scrolls. Um, and uh, that that's for Monstrous Confrontation. If you want, you can also include the uh, weapons, you know, the, the, the magical weapons and things. Um, basically, take Storm of Magic. Take out the 4d6 dice and the fulcrums and take out the demonic packs to summon up, you know, uh, units from other armies. And that's the Warhammer, basic Warhammer rule supplement. It's like a monster hammer. You're able to take extra monsters. That's what you're supposed to do in this particular scenario. Yeah, 25% more. Now, they do have a bunch of Utilizing the same uh, uh, scrolls of binding. Scrolls of binding, exactly. Um, They do include a nice thing on the back here that uh, you were looking at, Christopher which lists all the monsters in this book and the monsters from Storm of Magic, and they categorize them, and they go by race. Beastmen, brats, demons, they list. So it's a, it's a grid. The of, top. Which, of which cast dwarves are actually on the list, of course. Yes, they are. Um, and basically what they did was they listed them, every monster, in relation to the army. So they go down beastmen, and they will list them either as kinship, which means you can uh, have as many of those as you like within the limits of your points allowance. Basically, something there's like there's something in here called a Kemrian Titan, which is just this giant clockwork beetle, mm-hmm. and it's one of those largest of monster things. It's going to be pretty cool when they make a model. Oh, for I it. can't wait for that mm-hmm. model, Chris. You saw it. That was one of the one of the places you stopped. You were like, oh, yeah. wow. Um, Not Chris, you, Chris, me, Chris. Oh, um, yes, Christopher, comma, you, you looked at it, um, and that is the only thing that I think is uh, has kinship, like for Tomb Kings. Kinship means you can summon, as long as you can afford it in the points rules, you can take as many as you want. If it's listed as binding scroll, then the normal bound monsters rule applies, which is you can have up to two. A bit and, like a rare. Yeah. And then abhorrent means you can only take one of those because your your race and these things are generally wouldn't be anywhere near each other. Well, like the term says, they abhor each other. Exactly. So your your own army will tolerate you summoning one out of necessity. Ain't going to have any more than that. Which I like, because one well, of the it, biggest criticisms in Storm of Magic was... Why is this decaying beast with my empire army? Exactly. And now, at least, you can say, well, I can take one if I really want it in my army. But they are at least acknowledging, okay... Normally, this would not be there. You can take one because it's in the book, and we said you can take anything, but just one because even your own people are like, what in the hell are you doing? If Warhammer is the thematic game, this is a page that actually allows it to remain semi-thematic. Well, and like I said, if you don't want to play Storm of Magic with the summoning up uh, you know, units of vampires into your Bretonian army, if you want to keep that stuff out of it, that's that is none of that is in this book. There's no summoning up entire units from other armies in your army. There are none of those demonic pacts or whatever the hell they called it in Storm of Magic. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can summon up monsters, and if you want, you can pick the artifacts and weapons. Um, I rolled through it. A lot of the artifacts and weapons, some of them are cool. They're still all very expensive. Um, So 
it's one of those things you can take it. It might be cool if you have a theme or an idea, but for the most part, it's you know, it's just what it is. Um, one of the other rules that they put in in the book, and I will just touch on this and I'll leave it be, is um, they do talk about they do address the fact that because remember we were asking how the Bale Taurus in the Storm of Magic book were, um, was different than the Bale Taurus in the Tamarcon book. Yes. Okay. Let's say you're playing Cast Wars and you summon a Bale Taurus, and I think you can have are they rares? So you can have two in your army. In my army? Yeah. Uh, Bale Taurus right now aren't fieldable by themselves. They are only a character mount. Okay, so it's a character mount. So if you take one as a character mount, it costs whatever it costs in the Tamarcon book, and you follow all the rules in the Tamarcon book. The cost, the point cost, and the rules in the Storm of Magic book, we noticed were slightly different. Correct. If you used Binding Scrolls to summon Bale Tauruses into your Chaos Dwarf army... Actually, it's the... Well, the Bale Tauruses and or the Great Taurus are just simply different from one book to the next, okay. and the cost of the Lamassu is different. Okay. Well, basically, if you look at the rules for if it's the same, or let's let's take an easier example, the Hydra. Okay. The Hydra in the Storm of Magic book is not exactly the same as the Hydra in the Dark Elf book. No, you really can't compare the two. They're different. The, the points cost are different, and some of the rules are different. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to take two Hydras in your Dark Elf army and then play Storm of Magic and summon up a couple of Binding Scrolls and summon up extra Hydras, the Binding Scroll Hydras would have to follow the rules in the Storm of Magic book. They would literally follow different rules than the Hydras in your Dark Elf book. Okay, makes sense. Because basically those aren't Hydras that you raised and used as Dark Elves. These were things you summoned up that are not normal. They're not the same. The rules are different. They are not the same creature. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I like that. I like that it it actually, it sort of answers and it sort of fix a problem. Hey, these aren't the same rules. What are we supposed to do? They're separate. They're different. Not Play the same creature. You, Which, yeah, the War Hydra from the Dark Elves is not the same as the Hydra from the Storm of Magic or the and whatever. That, and that totally works. Whether that whether that was planned that way or whether somebody realized, oh, crap, we didn't do this the same and now people are complaining. Who knows? It works. Yeah. It works. They're not the same. Follow. You're going to have to mark them as different and follow the different rules. Works. All in all, worth my 50 bucks, though. I Could, really like this book. I'm glad. Yeah, it's a very sharp book. Uh, that's it for new releases. That's it. So we just have to wait. Yeah. Um, I, we'll see what happens in a few weeks. Uh, we'll see if they're going to announce that sixth edition like the rumors are saying. Um, but basically, from all I'm hearing, we, we don't we, we have lots of time to play with the Empire book and a few others because uh, it doesn't look like we're getting a new book till October or November. Well, I'm happy to see the Empire have a new book. I feel vindicated thinking that some of the cavalry choices were stronger than uh, people gave them credit for, especially the the demigriffs. Yeah. I think that uh, the general well, rumor I mills... Were, I think the demigriffs were getting a lot of credit, though. I mean, they, good. they're good as, as they should. They're good models. Yeah. Um, Especially with that, I think it's called the Steel Banner. Is that the one that actually allows them to uh, ignore barding? And yeah. Oh, it's really good with them. And reroll ones? Yeah. On your, on your charge and your flee and your pursue? That's that. That's good stuff. Yeah. Good, good stuff. stuff. Um, what else? Oh, uh, we've got a voicemail. We did get one. 757 GH Show 6. Please call and leave us a voicemail. Dude, I love getting them. We love getting them. They're fun to put on the show. Um, we got one from Grant. Oh, put it on. <laughs> Let's hear it. So we got one from Grant, and uh, it's it's a, talking about bits. I'm going to put it in right here. Hey, Dave. Hey, Chris. This is just handsome man Grant Fetter giving a call to promote the summer Midwest premiere 
GT Blood in the Sun. Just wanted to give a call and tell you all a little bit about it. It's at 80 players right now, and the event is full, but we do have a waiting list and are expected to be going through that waiting list. So make sure you get signed up and are on that waiting list, ready to go. So check out www.bloodinthesun.com and come and join five podcasts. They're all Warhammer Fantasy podcasts, as well as the Cranky Lawyer, who will all be at Blood in the Sun. Don't miss this event. And even if you don't get a chance to come and play, come and join us. Come stay at the hotel and hang out with uh, some of the greatest faces around in Warhammer. Great talk to you guys. See you soon. Oh, so there you go. Excellent. Thanks for that, Grant. You can bet I'll be there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Grant, In fact, I'm behind the uh, the gun now. I got to get the rest of my army painted up. <laughs> I gotta I gotta polish. I'm gonna keep fine tuning mine because um, I'm liking where mine's going. But I gotta do a little bit of fine tuning. Um, I did get a text from Grant. He was gonna come by tonight. However, the Council of Three is meeting. You know, which means he's meeting with Chris, you, and Steve Leckman talking about yep. bits. Um, he would like me to mention though that. If anyone is interested in volunteering to help out for bits, be it in just overall assistance, if you can make it out there one day, you're not going to be able to make it out for the whole tournament or you can't play or it's full, you know, if you're on the waiting list and you still want to come, um, he's looking for volunteers, basically, you know, people to collect the sheets after the games, to help with paint judging, uh, you know, feed him grapes, whatever. To bring me a toasted corn muffin from time to time. Copy of Muhammad Speaks. That's right. Um then um it, then that's fine um you know he would he would love it you can go to the the blood in the sun website bloodinthesun.com uh let him know there you can send him emails you can send him pms on the garage hammer forum he's on there um but basically if anyone wants to help out they are looking for volunteers to help out cuz right now it's the three of them which is a pretty big job running an 80 man tournament with just the three of them yes it is so um if anyone can help out that would be awesome why don't we take a break and we'll come back with the garage manager section. Sounds good. Hey, folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm. It doesn't separate from the base. They custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. BattleFoam, protecting your army. We're back. Yeah. Back. So now it's time for the garage manager section. section brought to you by Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore. Your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. Chaos Orc Superstore. All right, so let's talk about it. Managing your gaming and your reading and your hobby time. Have you done any hobbying since Adepticon? No, unfortunately, I have had... Uh, You've been ho- working your... 
Yeah, yeah. That's like the story of my life. Every time I think things slow down, they they keep pulling me back in, White Tech. No, I got I got called in to a um, at work. I got called into a legitimate. Uh, it, we are habitually. Uh, it's commonplace for any medical industry to get habitually audited by the government. It's just part of the process. Yep. But it's tremendously stressful, and I was actually literally audited by um, this guy dressed in uniform who was, like, playing the bad cop. So <laughs> it was it was a very eye-opening experience, but that's been my that's been my couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, you're just sitting there on the, on, the, on the waiting list to be interviewed by this guy, and that just meant the, my entire day was just sitting there waiting. You know, stress? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> So, so no, no hobby time. But it's like dark, dark glasses. Oh God! Come in, Mister Anderson. I, you know, a, a, <laughs> a normal like black and white would be fine, but this guy was like in military uniform. So really, yeah, yeah. So now I, I will say I painted like Captain Insano the two weeks prior to Adepticon. Captain Insano. Yes, you have. Um, I got a lot of stuff done. Um, but I was inspired. Um, to keep working, I have done actually quite a bit in the past week. It's only been well, it's been what like nine days since Adepticon, I think. Yep. Um, I did. Um, excuse me. I finished magnetizing all one hundred of my ghouls, so they're all got magnets in the bases. You know, thumbs up to Mantic for making solid bases because I can just take a drill bit, drill as deep as I need to, and stick a magnet in there. It's perfect. Thumbs up to Mantic for a lot of things, like for making <laughs> yeah. really cool ghouls yeah, and zombies. Um, now, yeah, they, they are making them really easy to do the hobby. I did. Now, the 45 zombies that I had on my actual list for Adepticon, the two units, uh, 22 and 23, mm-hmm. they had the base coat, the pants... Or not, or the the loincloth, whatever, whatever they're wearing, yeah. You know, dip uh, or the wash, the dip. I also had done um, all the bones and teeth and added blood to those because they were the ones. They were in my unit tray. They were the ones being being judged for painting. I wanted to make sure that those were complete. So forty five of them were, you know, at least done in, on the painting side. Um, but the other remaining hundred and or you know hundred and sixty five or whatever. Uh, I went through, I added blood, I painted all the bones and teeth, which I'm actually getting kind of good at. And Mantic has some nicely spaced teeth on their zombies. When you got over 100 to get through, you get better at it. Well, here's here's what's kind of, it's come to this thing where I found that every layer, every paint thing I'm going to do, like uh, like last Friday I did exposed bone and teeth, you know, pretty much the same color, teeth and the bones. Um five to six hours to get through all 200 of them okay depending on what i'm doing so they're all you know the skin is done i i'm thinking of now here's the thing i went and took to adepticon and um we'll talk about this a little later but my paint score was not exactly where i wanted it to be okay and at first i was angry like i was going on a twitter rant people who follow me on twitter know i was just pissed off to the highest of pissivity um so then I turned around and said, well, geez, I'm go- I was planning on having a total of seven colors on these zombies, but there's little parts where the skin's ripped and there's a little muscle showing through, and it's only 200. It's another five or six hours. I can go in with a little purple and, and, and paint the muscle. Uh, I can go back with this and maybe highlight up the skin a little bit. So I've added about four more steps to my zombies. <laughs> so I thought I was done. I went, just when I'm done, they, they pull, pull you back, back in. in. 
But um, I have cranked out uh, bone, blood, and then I went back with a purple wash and like where the guts are piled up where I painted the blood over it. Yeah. I added a purple wash, which was nice because it just sort of laid into the cracks and crevices. So wherever there was blood, you'd see these these differentiated purple colors. So, so it's it gutsy. Pooled, nasty, slimy. Without going into detail and painting each little bit of guts, it really works. I was just, I mean, I would literally, if he was standing up straight and his guts were exposed, I would just turn him on his back, put a dollop of the purple wash in there, and just leave him on his back until it sort of set in and dried. So yeah. it hit yeah. different levels. It's coming across really nice. Um I started to go in with the eyeballs. I'm doing a scorpion green on the eyeballs, a really bright green, because that's the one part of them that's green that I want to lock in with the, you know, the whole army's got this green is the main color. Right. So I figured all the ghouls and crypt horrors are green in general, the clothing or the skin, and then I, they have solid black eyes. The zombies I'm doing, they're brown and muddy, and they dig up from the grave, but they're all having, like, this glowing green eyes. Like, you know, that's showing the, the, the unnatural glow of the being summoned. Right. Um, sort of the bale fire behind the eyes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it matches with the bale fires in the other parts of the army. Um, so I started doing that. I stopped. I figured I'm going to do that actually last. Um, one of the things I did notice, though, is of the 210, about 50 of them are just the legs, the, the mantic leg with the spine bit. Yeah. And one of the heads, I didn't realize this, has no eyes. Like one of the uh, it's just like big sunken, recessed nothing. Like Oh, I know exactly which head you're talking about. Yeah. So I realized I got a lot of, so I pulled those out. And so of the 220, fully 80 of them won't need eyeballs done. So well, you could probably pull a little just like red to make it look like they're bleeding from their sockets. And uh, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try something. I mean, there's. Or put custard in there. Well, here's the thing. The Mantic Zombies look really cool, and with the different, by doing the different washes and the different dips, they all have sort of a different tint to them, so they don't look like the exact same thing. Sure. Even when they're piled together, they're, they work together, but they're all subtly different, but it is only... Like a United States of zombieism. Well, but it is only, it's still, you know, two sets of legs... Or I think it's three sets of legs and two or three different torsos and two or three different heads. Well, that's the nice thing about what Mantic has done is that they've got like they've got a few different parts that combine in almost infinite ways because you can position them differently. And with all the positioning, it's great. But with all the same head, I mean, they've got three different heads on two hundred ten zombies, so it is that same head. They've all got that same hole in the back that I painted the bone showing through. Mm-hmm. Um, if I, I I started to get to the point, if I keep bleeding out the that. You know, if I have 70 sets of zombies all bleeding out from the eyes, it does start to look a little repetitive. Yes. So um, I'm trying to figure out what to do with that. I may just kind of leave well, it. some eyes can be bleeding out. Some eyes can just be, look like, like almost like blackened uh-huh. sort of rot. Right. So, I mean, that's that's what I'm working with, but I am going oh. back now. and I've go, been, on, uh, go on the old interwebs and look at horrible pictures. That's, yeah, that's what I need to do. You chose this gross army. <laughs> <laughs> that's but why so, I like the Tomb Kings. It's golden bone. And when I'm done with that, I've decided to go back, and um, I've got the now that the ghouls are done, I'm just going to throw them on a metal bo- a metal a piece of sheet metal mm-hmm. and hit them with the dull coat. And I am going to go back on them and highlight up the clothing just to add a little more differentiation to their clothes because it is that one color. So I'm going to add a, a darker green wash just to fill in the recesses, and then not a dry brush, but actually just kind of paint on some highlights on the. Uh, on the clothes, just to make them stand out a little bit. One of the things I noticed was I know Relian had taken a couple of pictures of armies, and he took a picture of mine. And he posted on Twitter, "Hey, White Tech, here's a picture of your army. Since you don't, you didn't, you never took one of your own army." And I looked at it, and I was like, "My zombies are brownish because they they're, they're dirty. Um, the skeletons, um, 
they're the bone with the dark, but they're a little dirty as well. And they've got the greens. It's a lot of greens and browns. And my army's dark. Like, unless you're ethereal, which is the really light green, you and I dark. You and I had this conversation off the microphone, uh-huh. which is one of the biggest problems I had with some of my earlier armies was bringing out color. Especially when you're doing a casual walk-by and you look at an army, unless there's something to... Uh, you've heard the persons use the term pop. You yeah. know, it's, it's that pop factor. It's that something, some contrast is bright enough to catch your eye to pull you in. I, I, str- I continue to struggle with this. Only my chaos dwarves with their garishly bright colors... Uh, are the only army that I've able, I feel been able to say, okay, these guys look like there's a little bit more to meet the eye. Yeah, and even those guys are far from done. So you're you're you're, you're dealing with that now. I'm trying to I'm trying to lighten them up, and especially after uh, playing around and, and hanging out with Hastings and seeing his beastmen with the grays and the blues and the white and how well, bright they been look. Doing it right for a long time, and he is an artist. He's yeah. very good at what he does. Well, I mean, okay, and one of the biggest compliments I got at, well, I mean. I, Continuously happened at Adepticon. People kept coming by and, and complimenting my mortise engine. The mortise engine is really good. That's a cool model. You painted it really well. Even Hastings looked at it and he said, "You did a really good job there." The yeah. the, the the subtleties with the, like I was explaining before how I had painted on very pale, gone on to the spirit host and done the metal bits, the armor and stuff, almost like as if okay, it's a ghost and so it's got that greenish glow like from the Lord of the Rings Army of the Dead. Right. But anything that would be like a piece of armor, something that would really shine. I, I added that, and then I went over it with that green and white mix wash, uh, you know, the colors that I did before for the whole thing. I went over it so that it was primarily that green and white, and it, if you look at it, you can see the metal sort of like it, it still exists. It's still sort of shining through, shimmering through that etherealness. Yeah. You can tell it, but it's very kind of subtle. He really liked it. But I'm looking at the model, and even that, even though, I mean, there's lots of cool little things, but it there's, like you said, the pop isn't there because it's a lot of earth tones and it's very dark and I'm anytime you have a limited palette by definition of what the model is it's nearly ethereal I mean it yeah. doesn't have the rule but it might as well be ethereal it's supposed to be translucent you right. know you only vaguely get to see what the what the model is supposed to be you're challenged because you only can play with the color so much so you're going to have a challenge coming up with that pop right but uh, so that's what I've been working on but uh, you know 200 I got, like I said, two or three more layers on my 200 zombies, and uh, then I got—I just—I had to take a break, and that's what I've decided to do. Mm-hmm. Is I'm going to work as much as I can. The machine is going to work as long as it can on, you know. I mean, I will admit, you and I are due for a paint night. You've been yeah. wanting to do it for a long time, and I'm gearing up for bits. So I would love to sit down with you at some point. I'm going to bring my guys over. Absolutely, since I, I got some, so much I got fun. a few chaos dwarves and hobos to do. But and I know I sit here and say I can do it. You know, I mean. We, we've talked about before. I am the machine. That's the, you know, I can sit there with 200 of them and sit there. But I will admit, over the weekend, by the third coat, going through that third run of 200 of them for five to six hours, that last 20 to 30, I was literally, I, I felt, I was ready to cry. I was just like, I'm tired of zombies. Yeah, yeah, and I've still got, and I just, and the the worst part was after I finished that third coat thing, I had three left, and now I added four more things that I want to do to really try to get them to stand out a bit. So I've just given myself another 24 hours of work on these zombies that were supposed to be my quick, the rank and file, get them done, who cares what they look like thing. And I just can't bring myself to who cares what they look like. Now you're suffering from my problem, which is, but I do care. I don't care if this is the lowliest of my rank-and-file three-point model, which is what probably why I chose not to play Skaven. 
I care. Yep. <laughs> I want to do something about it. Even my hobgoblin, it's like, oh, I got to put some static grouse in the base. Durr. Yeah. And so that's and and the and the, when that's done, I have to do the water effects because I am doing that bog. It's going to work. I'm going to I'm going to hide. In fact, well, oh my, my god, I my, forgot about my that. My recommendation to you, David, is only put that kind of effort into the zombies that you pay for. Don't put that kind of effort into zombies that you summon. You'll go nuts. Well, yeah, but I, I want that bog part to look good. Adding uh, on of that, of course you do. Look cool. But I would only do, worry about the guys that you've paid for. It's like, you true. know what? I need a core of forty or fifty. 50. I don't know. 50 depends on how many. Uh, yeah. Depends on the size of the Wh- army list. That's whatever why. the list. Whatever you have to build a, um, a movement tray for. Right. Make those guys look shiny. Yep. The rest of them, low priority. Right. That's that, that's the plan. Um, what else was it? And that's what I'm doing is. I'm gonna. The machine is gonna work as long as it can, and then when I get to the end of a step and I just feel like I can't do another step, that's when I'm gonna step back and start working on a different model. That makes perfect I've sense. Got, it's precisely what I do. I've got the terror geist I need to finish. Um, oh, oh, you you listen to Heel and Hammer? I do, but I haven't listened to the last couple of episodes because I ha- I normally listen at work. Dan and Wayne were talking about VC. Okay, and he had said how he basically said. Uh, he does not believe that you will see even one player taking. I, I did hear that episode. Yes, taking a lord on a coven throne to a major GT. And I generally agree. I know where this is going. I'm. I. I actually. I. I and I told him. I'm. And if you're listening, Dan, I'm taking you up on that. I'm going to bits. There's 80 players or 84 spots or however many spots there are. 80 spots. Yeah. 80 spots. 2,400 points. Two days. Five rounds. Lord, on a coven throne, I'm bringing it. You're a kook. I got to respect you, though. And I'm also bringing the Mortis engine. It's right now. It's in the list as well. What I I think I said this to you before, David, but I'll say it on the air just so you uh, remember it. <laughs> and that is, um, you're insane for doing it, but you're also true to your word. You're a fluff player, and now you're building a list that proves it. And I mean that as a compliment. You're playing based on what you like to do, what you believe is right for the game. And I got to salute you for it. Oh, thank you. No, thank you, because it's cool. You know what, though? I don't think the Coven Throne is all that bad. It, the problem is it's damn well, I know, expensive. I know that you're going to try and make it work. I mean, you're not taking it to lose. You're taking no. it for fun, but as long as you're taking it, you're going to milk it for what it's worth, and you should. I respect you for doing it. Uh, well, I'm going to tell you what. Hmm. People don't think that Mortis Engine is necessarily worth it. Um, with the, uh, if, if it don't blow up uh, before turn two... It's made me more than my points back every game that it's lasted until turn three or four. That's cool. I oh, In my so mind, good. I struggle with it because it seems like its synergy works both for you and against you. It does. And I struggle with that when I try and imagine myself playing VC because I don't, I don't know the feel of where's the sweet spot before I charge this thing forward to get it killed. Is that what I'm supposed to do with it? Is it like a mangler? Yep, uh, I keep it near me in the beginning to give me the boosts to the, and I'll just pray to God but you is, don't. Miss. But is there an uncomfortable and dangerous like turn two or turn three yes. where you don't want to rush it in, and it's the perfect time for them to shoot it? Well, if here's the thing: when it blows up, okay, it when it blows up, it's twelve inch plus the turn number radius. So on turn two, it's got a fourteen inch radius. Mm-hmm. Every unit takes two d six strength. Turn number hits, and it's a chariot movement. Yes. Okay. Five up ward, uh, five up regen with a plus one regen 
once it starts to pulse. So until I get my first turn, it's a five up regen. After that, it's a four up regen. So what do you do? Do you just surround it by the least important things like zombies? And on turn two, you start rushing it toward. The I opponent? keep it. I keep it within twelve inches of my wizards because I put the. I put the. Uh, the, the. I forget what it's called. I'm afraid I don't. Why know. am I forgetting what it's called? What Harrison? It's the. Um, the tome, the blasphemous tome. Okay, um, that's the one that gives me plus two to my casting for everyone who's casting vampires, mm-hmm. and uh, also if you miscast within twelve inches, anyone who miscasts has to roll twice and let their opponent choose which one it is. Mm-hmm. But I'll take in the beginning uh, to get the plus two to cast because it's really a big bonus. Okay, um, but I keep it in the front line, not in the behind. I keep it right on the front line, about twelve inches away, so I can use it for casting. But I'm moving it up, moving it up, moving it up. Once we get to turn three. I start moving it up more. I still try to keep it within 12 inches. So it transitions from a boost for your magicians to a bomb. <laughs> yeah. Once we hit turn four, I shove it forward. The thing is... And at that point, you treat it as an expendable. It's like the undead version of a mangler then. Yes. Okay. Um, the funny thing is, once you hit turn four, it's got a 16-inch radius when it blows up. I might as well keep my stuff within 12 inches of it and keep getting the bonus for the vamp. If I can keep it near, I'll keep taking the two plus But then plus the danger bonus. is that you're taking hits. But... Once again, turn four, it's a 16-inch range. Yeah. Unless it's way on the other end of the board, I'm taking those hits anyway. You know, the difference between staying within 12 inches and 16 or 17 inches. But so are they. Yeah, and so you, are they. And you inherently have a way to bring your guys back. And that's the thing. By turn four, you need to have that bunker going. You need to be invoking so that the your characters that are in your bunkers have bunkers that are huge. So when it takes those hits and takes that damage, you can soak it. Let it blow up 10 zombies out of each unit. Let it blow up 12 skeletons. I've got a unit of 50 built up right now. Yeah. Um, in every game where it blew up on turn 4 or turn 5, it invariably made al- almost double its points back in that explosion. This model rocks if you use it right. Now, when I was playing Ogres and they shot it and blew it up on turn 2, so it was doing a 14-inch range, doing... Hitting, wounding me on fives, but him on sixes, and he's got three wounds a model, and I've got one, and it's turn two, and I didn't have time to summon that much because he blew it up on his turn two, and he went first. That sucks. <laughs> but habitually, did that happen? It happened once. Okay. It happened once in, in five games at Adepticon. So you got to deal with it. I mean, it's like taking any big target. If they have the answer for it, you're going to lose it. It's done nothing. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I've got a Kadai Destroyer, and when I take it, that's the same thing. I, I've lost it in about half my games because ultimately they'll find a way to deal with it. The question is, did I do the damage necessary or not? The same thing with this. Yeah. I mean, okay. it's it's 240 points. It could be 220. I take the Tome, so it's 240. Mm-hmm. That, to me, that's a gamble that's worth it because if it works... It really works. Well, you know what? Let's save some of yeah, the VC exactly. talk for your sure, Adepticon sure, sure. because I want to ask questions about your games. So oh, yeah, yeah. in terms of modeling, that's what you've done. I'm done with the modeling, yes. Okay. My modeling is, of course, nothing right now, but I am I am on the cusp of really getting going. I've got my, my thing set up. And I'm very excited to see you start cranking this stuff out. Yeah, it's got to be fast. i got to do a lot. <laughs> it's not actually not that much time left. It's May, and it's going to be late June when I have to have them on a table. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I've got to... I'll be I'm, touching up what I've got and adding to it. My problem right now is my, my list is still in flux. I still have a few ideas that I'm fleshing out in terms of what am I taking, what am I not taking. But that will make a difference on what I have to paint. But Well, my Coven Throne is coming in on UGG on Friday because cool. they didn't have any when I went to pick one up. So when I need to take a break from my zombies, it's it, the Coven That'll Throne. That'll be is, a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, I already know how to build it and how to build it in parts because I did the Mortis Engine, which is mostly the same thing. 
Um, I'm I'm playing with a few paint ideas to slightly differentiate it from the Mortis engine. Yeah. But uh, I'm really excited to have the other version of this. I didn't think I needed one. I didn't buy it. Well, now you do. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm pretty committed to the idea of taking the Iron Demon. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to painting that. Yeah, that'll be cool. Is that, now, is that a, that's the one that's got the coal, uh, the, it's lugging the, the little cart of coal in the back? Yes. That's going to be cool. I've seen so many of those painted up where you can just see it like burning and glowing in the back already. Like they didn't paint it as just black coal. They painted it like with the red, like it's already sort of heated up and glowing in the back. You mean the part. the coal bin? Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I mean it has a it has a furnace, right? I wonder why they did it. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Why not? Well, it's got the furnace, but it's already like this stuff's already. They've got some unnatural heat already burning up as they're throwing it. I'll in. be honest with you, I'll probably not do that. Rather, mm. the engine itself will be glowing right. from within. I mean, because, it almost be, looked like partially had, because mine will be hellbound. Right. Well, the one I looked at, I guess it almost looked like they had lava in the back. The way it was glow, all this reddish glow the, instead of coal, it almost looked like that. Will be a recurring theme <laughs> in my army. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how you paint It'll that. It'll be too. fun. I'm a little intimidated because. The army matters to me, obviously. So oh, I, I wanted to look really good. well a little. <laughs> How about some reading? Um, I read all of Monsters Arcanum. Um, read every model, every monster, every scenario. Really, actually, think it's pretty neat. Um, I'm still reading Mechanicum. I got too much going on in school. I'm not going to be getting any fluff reading or fun reading done for at least a month because I got finals coming up. I hear you. Um, yeah, my reading right now, unfortunately, has more to do with medical devices than anything else. I, I've been tasked with the project of learning every possible device. Hmm? Yeah, m- medical. So I've been reading medical uh, manuals on medical devices that we manufacture. Are so. they interesting? <sighs> do they do anything magical? Kind of. It depends on your idea of magical. <laughs> if, if you don't understand it and that makes it magic, then yes. <laughs> Well, you science know, is the new magic. Yeah, well, the devices that save lives, you know, they do more they do a lot more good than harm, so I guess that's good, but it's not very interesting in the Warhammer Fantasy world. Uh what I have been reading for Warhammer Fantasy, is, I don't remember if I mentioned this or not to you off the air, but of course I love my Chaos Dwarfs, but I have read everything Chaos Dwarf related from that Tamarcon book over and over and over and over and over and over and over again to the point where I've pretty much got it all memorized. And I need something else to read. And you know how much I've been wanting to play those um, those Tomb Kings. Yeah. They've been sitting there, and I really want to play them. So I've been kind of picking up the book again, getting myself geared up for when I need to do something other than Cast Dwarves. Mm-hmm. And um, while I was at Adepticon, I was finally able to sell. kind of broke my heart, but I wanted the money. All my Chronopia and Warzone guys. And what, yep. what kills me is some of my best paint jobs just went away. <laughs> Oh, boy. Some of my best freehand work is now gone out of my house. So it's like, but what it does mean is I've got a whole bunch of carrying cases that are empty saying, you know, you can put skeletons on us now. So I am, I'm starting to look at the Tomb King saying, when I am ready to build this army, I really want to, really want to play them. Yeah. So, because I got a lot of stuff now and I want to put them together. I like Tomb Kings. I know people are saying they're a real weak sauce army. And I, they- I don't think they're a weak sauce army. I think they're underplayed, and I think that people read them and don't understand their potential. Well, I mean, it, 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 people see a mono build. I got a couple of big monsters for counterattacks, and then I have to take a thousand a thousand archers. They're actually not a mono build. I would say that they are a thousand archers and a few big well, creatures. Well, that's one that's, way. I mean, yeah. you, you've effectively you're going to take your core is your core, but I mean, I think you're going to take um, one or the other, which is uh, in what are they called? The undead constructs. Or you're yes. going to take, you know, the marching dead, right? And if you take mar- uh, the undead constructs, you're going to focus a lot less on replenishing them 
rather you're going to take that's a strong army from the start, right. but there's not much you can do to bring them back once they get hurt. They're limited on how many wounds they can take. One per magic phase. So that's, you know... That's I, that's one per magic phase. Not not just one per casting. Is it one per phase? One per phase. So you can't rely on it. Yeah. But, but I mean... No wonder I, you get pissed at me with my PC. Oh, well, I mean, you've got something I don't, but you have the same problem with your, your vampires. Yeah. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? So you could... I think that people look down on the Ushabti, but my personal belief is that there's a way to make them work. I don't know if I'm right, but I'll find out. We've talked about this a bunch of times. Yeah. I think the Ushabti are badass. I think, I think did... they're badass and they're underutilized. Yeah. But um, I know for a fact that the Necronites are, are, are spectacular. They're spectacular. Oh, yeah. They're amazing what you can do with those things. Chariots are amazing. Uh, the archers are, of course, amazing. The war Chariots are kind of expensive, though, and they're a bit I, fragile. I believe in them. I believe in them. I believe in them. Well, you, here's the thing. First of all, they're actually good gun platforms, in a matter of speaking. You've got two archers on there, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and they hit no matter what. Well, on fives. Right. But there's that spell that means from one shot to two shot per archer. So now each chariot is four shots, not two. Okay. So if you take, you know, if you take six, for example, six times four is 24 shots from your chariots. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. I mean, that's actually enough to actually do some damage, all hitting on fives, for example. Chariots. Fly them down and shoot at war machines and crap like that? Yeah. Not only that, well, they don't fly. But if you do they the math fly. hammer then to 24 would only hit on four of them, I mean, and then the wounding would only be one. Why would you bother? Well, you bother because you can't march. Oh, well, yeah. So you might as well take advantage of the fact that they can shoot, and they're not that bad at it. Yeah. But once you do get into a charge range, you again get that spell off if you can, and that's two horses plus two guys. Each of the guys has two attacks. Now those guys have three attacks, so it's three, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Per chariot. Yep. Plus impact hits. Yeah, that's good. It's pretty good. And, yeah, they and you don't understand. Not, you don't understand. That army sucks. I don't think they do. Why don't you just shut up and listen to the internet? <laughs> the internet's wrong. Oh, you know they're going to come and take you away if you keep saying that. I don't know. Who the hell's the guy who freaking runs? Who runs the internet? Yes. <laughs> The guy who runs the internet from the shadows. I don't know. Some guy named Nigel. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Sitting in his terry cloth robe at home, scratching his belly. Well, I know they're going to send the suede denim secret police to come get you. He gads. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's what I've been reading in my spare time when I have it. So for the 10 minutes before I pass out, uh, I've been actually going over the Tomb Kings book, getting kind of psyched out and excited. Not, Not psyched out, psyched up. Oh, speaking of getting psyched up for a book, uh, I picked up a couple of books at Adepticon and the uh, Gottrek and Felix anthology, a bunch of short stories for Gottrek and Felix. And since they haven't had, since book 13 is so long into coming, um, I, I'm very excited to, I'm going to I'm gonna give the Horace Heresy a little bit of a break after reading 10 Horace Heresy novels in a row. Um, I've, I've, dude, I've plowed halfway through the series, 10 novels, halfway through the series. Um I'm going to take a bit of a break and just read some other stuff for a little bit. Makes sense. A little, but, uh, a little change of scenery. Not that I'm not enjoying it, but seriously, 10 books. i, I got to take a little bit of a break. All right, break time, and then we'll be back and we'll talk some Akon. Shreet. Is your name a killing word? Is your mother a hamster and your father smells of elderberries? Did it turn out that those were the droids you were looking for? If you know what I'm talking about, chances are you're a gamer. What better place to get your game on than the Game Preserve? The Game Preserve specializes in analog games of all types, like board games, family games, chess sets and jigsaw puzzles, and especially hobby games. 
They carry the complete GW line as well as Magic the Gathering, D&D, and Heroclix. They have gaming space for tournaments, game nights, and demo games just about any night of the week. So stop shopping at the Jerk Store and be one of the gaming elite. And visit the Game Preserve with four Indiana locations to choose from. Two in Indianapolis, one in Bloomington, and one in the gaming capital of the universe, Lafayette, Indiana. Visit them at GamePreserveStores.com or call 765-448-4200. Game Preserve. If you're not shopping here, the only way to move is not to play. We're back. Back, back, any back, 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 back. How do we always say we're back? I mean, they know we're back. I mean, I suppose it's nice to say welcome back. We're still here. We haven't gone yet. What do they think? We're just going to play a commercial and the show's going to end? I mean, just... What were you thinking? <laughs> well, actually, that's kind of how the sh- Or were you thinking at all? That's how episode 47A ended, because, well, I didn't I didn't know I was going to split it into two parts, so I didn't really have an ending. It's because we couldn't stop talking. Well, it's the Empire. What do you want as an army book? It's going to be spectacular. Dude, I was, I, I was listening to it as I was editing it, and actually the last couple of sections had very few edits, because, dude, we actually stayed right on target, and we're talking... Some interesting stuff. I'm, a, you well, know, it's one of my passions is reading those new army books. I love it. I love, I love it, love it, love it. And I, like you said, uh, you know, not to rehash it. All, I know a lot of people don't like what they got, but I think, and I got a few tweets and a few messages from people who said, "Hey, and I still don't think they're that great, but you've at least given us, you know, stuff we never thought of." I think a lot of people were not thinking of taking minimal detachments and throwing them out as chaff. I think I, that a lot of people read through the book saw that it was a big nerf compared to what they were potentially at before and decided to just sort of dismiss the entire book. And I don't think that's remotely fair. It's perfect for 8th edition. I think the Army's got some strength, and I think it will still continue to do in the much the same way it did before. I I really do. Yeah, I I like it. I think that there are some characters and some units in there that are more fluffy than not. As much as I like the Witch Hunter and I love the model, and I think it's great, I think you won't see too many of them yet because I can't come up. I personally can't come up with a great build for it, but I could be proven wrong later. I don't see an amazing. Like I said, I like the idea of just taking two and hoping you can get close enough to shoot that guy. But even still, with your brace of pistols and all your shots, killing blowing a guy, it's it's cool. I think it's competing with other more useful, more reliable ideas. Exactly. If something's got to give, that's what's going to give. Because the odds of getting the hit and the wound with the killing blow is so slim that... It, it's. I mean, it's nothing that you can rely on. It's only fun in there for. Hey, look! If I can get this off, it makes a good story. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, um, you I, had a game. Though. I did. This is actually. This is actually several weeks ago. Unfortunately, as many of the listeners probably noticed, I had to fade out uh, last episode for a portion of it. I unfortunately got very ill, so I wasn't able to quickly talk about a a really good game that Chris, you and I had a chance to play. Uh, he had not yet played the the new. Tamarcon Chaos Dwarves. He didn't play my new list. And I wanted to play against the Orcs and Goblins to see how it would fare. Okay. And uh, long story short, I'll keep this relatively brief because you have a lot of Adepticon to talk about. Uh, we played, a, I believe it was a 2400 point game. And he he won by the skin of his teeth. And this is one of those games where when you play against... So he was just lucky. He was just totally lucky. Just, Chris, you, you should have stomped him because he's an easy easy win, but he no, but no, but I mean to be ser- just, to be just, serious. Yeah, it should have been a tie by a mistake that I knew I made the moment I made it. So oh. credit to the game because he and I were neck and neck the entire game. Credit to Chris who played with fewer mistakes than I did. Nice. I made the one mistake. We both knew it at moment the moment it happened, 
And when we tallied up the points, we knew exactly if if uh, if I hadn't made the mistake. So what happened? Okay. So uh, highlights of the game are Chaos Dwarf Magic is spectacular. Yep. And, a, and a particular spell, the Ashstorm, can lock a unit oh, I hate in place. That damn thing. It's very powerful. For those who aren't familiar with it, what it can do is it can keep you from charging. It also keeps uh, car- uh, spellcasters from being able to cast offensively. Uh-huh. You can only target yourself. So it prevented, like, Foot, for example. The only thing he can do was try to cast the Hand of Gork to put his unit in a position to be able to charge. So he did it once, and he was in a dangerous place. So I had to spend the rest of my magic phase making sure to Ash Cloud, Ash Storm, that one unit, which meant I had to chuck the six dice. Uh-huh. I suffered a lot of miscasts, and I was lucky that I survived the experience. So, um, Cool. My mistake was, oh, I should, uh, what what happened? So I was able to ultimately, there's a cast dwarf uh, sniper spell. I was able to kill his wizard. Uh-huh. Uh, my guy, I think, went down to level two from all the miscasts. Um, his artillery was a threat to mine. My magma cannon blew up early. So it's kind of a back and forth. Okay. But I, I, we were both able to, like, sort of pull points from one another. He was able to use the... Um, he built a character specifically in oh, mind boy. Here we go. to deal with my Kadai Destroyer. Oh, boy. Yeah, and it, but when you're playing one-off games, that's going to happen. Oh, it's you, fine. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, he's reacting. He's learning that the, potent, that the Kadai Destroyer is enough of a metagame changer that he included something in his list to deal with it. And when it, when it was there, it worked. Yeah. He had, a, he had a model, an orc on the back of a boar that had a 2-plus ward against anything flaming. There you go. And his weapon skill was higher than mine, so he was able to hit on threes, magic attacks, and do damage to it. Ultimately, in time, I was able to he was able to crumble it. So it's 325 points in his favor. But the one mistake that I made, uh, and I knew at the moment I did it, it was my turn six. My I was top of six. And uh, I had a level one of fire. So I'm used to just chucking one dice, and it doesn't matter. I either get the spell or I don't. It's like, oh, right. I'll just do a fireball. And what it's going to do is it's I'm either going to be able to peel a wound or two off of something, or he's going to stop it, or I'm going to fail. No big right. deal either way. Just once, I forgot that I can't. it's not safe to roll one die for a wizard. It's not <laughs> safe because if you're level four and you um, and you roll the one die, that's a broken concentration. Which means, yeah. And then I can't cast my Ash Storm. Uh-huh. Just for a second, I forgot so I picked up one die and said, you know what, instead of Fireball, I'm going to cast this spell instead, which I think, I don't remember what it was, but it was a low-level cast or Oh, it was one where it's like D6, strength six hits. Okay. I'm like, oh, I'll just do this. This is great. And I, just for a second, I had a hiccup of logic. Threw the one die, and the second I threw it, I'm like, oh, that's for my level four. Slow motion, tumble, tumble, came up a one. Uh-oh. And it's like, I'm not able to cast Ash Storm. He can charge me. And that's exactly what happened. He charged in hit my hobgoblins. They lost very poorly, of course. I mean, they do a lot of damage. Right. But not enough against um, savage orcs. No. His, his shrunken head shaman was dead, so he was able to kill a lot of them. A lot of them. But he did more. Um, because he killed more. My guys weren't steadfast. Tried to get a insane courage, failed, ran off, and they were caught by the uh, savages. Uh-huh. The 200-point difference that that made was just enough for him to win. Oh, man. And if they hadn't, it would have been a tie, and I would have been ahead by exactly 20 points. <laughs> oh, man. So credit to Chris Yu for a damned good game and a really close game. 
I don't mind losing that way. I know what I did wrong. Yep. I learned from my mistake. Well, I, it was a mistake I already knew, so I shouldn't have made it, but I made it. Yeah. He was a better general that day because I made one mistake and it cost me the game and I know exactly why. Very, very, very satisfying. A lot of fun to play. Chris is always a great opponent. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, um, manglers are still scary. Yep. They're still a threat, especially against Chaos Dwarves. I mean, we I can take those things out in a sweat. I'll be honest right. with you. They're actually not as much of a threat. I was able to go, yeah, kill those. Yeah, kill those. Boom, boom, boom with all my artillery. But should I miss... Should something actually survive to get through? I don't have a lot of um, units. Oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, and uh, at 2,400 points, I found that having two expendable deployments made a big difference. He had two manglers next to each other. What I was able to do, at least, this is like a minor victory for me that was very satisfying. I had four wolves left mm-hmm. out of five. They were just barely able to walk up. And touch both of them. Touch both of them. My guys blew up. They blew up. Nice. <laughs> so, very nice. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. So I don't think he'll be doing that again. <laughs> but uh, great game. Great game. Cool. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Adepticon, Dave. Let's do so. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I had I had a blast. Again, uh, it's it's a great time. It's, a, it's you know, I know you didn't get manage to get there until, like, Friday night. You had to work. I wasn't sure I was going to be able to make it at all. But, yeah, luckily I was able to sneak away. Uh, now I got there. Like I said, I got there Thursday to get in line. Now, first of all, let me say, um, when they opened up, the ticket sales that it was a five o'clock on I think a Thursday or a Friday or whatever. I was at my computer at five o'clock, waiting to sign up. I'd already planned out what I wanted to get. Mm-hmm. Um, there were classes that sold out in like a half hour. Okay, so next year I will be at my computer again, right when it opens, making sure I'm getting exactly what I want to sign up for. Um, I know the tickets were like 40 bucks, and then you paid 80 for that very important gamer thing, which gave you benefits of, you know, you could hang out, do these things. You can get into the, the seller's room early. Um, it was worth the cost only for the guarantee getting, you know, I had the, let's put it this way. It cost me an extra 40 bucks for the ticket, but there was about $37 worth of extras included in my swag bag. Uh, the T-shirt, the mug, the uh, the raffle tickets. So it actually wound up, I would have bought those things anyway. Mm-hmm. So for an extra $3, you're one of the 100 people who got these tickets. Um, we were the first people who were allowed to register and get through the line. And that line took a while because I had to get home that right after I, like it opened at 5. I had to get home to handle the kids and do stuff on Thursday. Um, I had gotten my ticket. I was about 20th in line. I had gotten my ticket, my swag bag, all my stuff, got in my car, and was almost home. And Chris, you was like, hey, did you get your stuff yet? I'm still in line. The line hasn't even really moved yet. Ooh. And I was like, dude, I'm almost home. Like, And he was, uh, I mean, I, I will totally buy another one of those if they offer them again next year because it was totally worth my dime. Just, just the time saver. And even if I couldn't have gotten out, I was guaranteed the full swag bag, which means... If something happened on Thursday, I couldn't have come out at all. When I showed up on Friday, I would have still gotten everything in the bag, which, I, you know, to me. Now, didn't they, didn't Privateer Press give away another uh, battle box? Yes. Uh, last year, they did uh, War Machine, all the new plastic. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Now they're giving away plastic. Harrison, go in the bag and get my box. It was Hordes this year. Hordes. Right? Which one did you get? <laughs> I got Trolls, nice, baby. Nice, nice. Harrison, right behind you. It's all in the bag, right behind you. 
Um, I did get, I was one of the first 500, so I got the uh, Battle Foam Special Adepticon. It's the soft-sided bag. It's like a sable bag. Cool. Uh, it doesn't come with any foam. It's like a $35 bag, but I got it. So I got the Troll Starter Kit. Um, people were out there trading like mad. Uh, oh, I bet. People got Circle Ouroboros. Uh, Chris, you actually got Legion. That's a powerful unit. Yeah, they're uh, very strong. He doesn't necessarily want it because he he's already, I think he's building a Menoth. I don't think he's building retribution of angry elves, yeah. So he doesn't want it, so I'm trading him for a box of river trolls. Oh, nice. Because Harrison kind of wants it, and I, I you know, I, I actually Harrison, like... You'll be, you'll be happy with Le- uh, Legion. They're very he, strong. I like I like Legion. I don't like the... Don't they have the little sort of weird angry elf models, too, in it? Like the weird, the weird pointy-eared guys in the Legion. There are more than one sort of culture of elves. Right. And the winter elves... The best way to describe it is like they were caught by in the the War Machine Hordes version of being like caught by the mutating power of chaos. Right. I in this case, mutation comes from being pre- uh, close to a dragon. Yeah, uh, I like the beasts. I like the 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 demon stuff in Everblight. I don't like necessarily the models for the elvish stuff. Fair enough. I actually, I like them well enough. They have a few that I want to use for my dark elves, but I can understand. I mean, um, War Machine and Hordes versus. Warhammer, the artistic direction is very different. Yes, very different. And you find some polarizing opinions. Um, they're just they're kind of thick. I find that their their characters seem kind of thick, like like their heads and their arms and their hands seem kind of wide and thick, sort of like some of the older. See, that's what I think of the trolls. Well, I mean, the trolls are supposed to be though. I mean, the trolls are like stubby, big monster. I mean, I love my troll models, but that's. I, they kind of grew on me. When I first saw them, I thought they looked a little silly. Their chins with teeth, yeah. And they, yeah, and they grew on, well, those, yeah, the rocks growing out of them because they're literally a part of the earth. I always, dwarfs. Rock eaters eat rocks. Dwarfs, trolls. So I got the troll box set and I was very excited. But that's 50 bucks right there. Yep. So between that and the shirt and the, I mean, that's more than my cost of admission. Done. So I yeah. was, I was very pleased with that. I went home, came back Friday, got the Monster Star Cannon book. I did go to a class with, um, I went to an airbrush class. Uh, Matthew Fontaine mm-hmm. came in from Canada and was teaching this class. It was very basics of airbrushing, which I've never actually taken a class in the basics of airbrushing. I've watched some YouTube videos. I've seen how it works. I've, I've read books, but I've never gone through it. Now I know why, even though it's been working very well for me and I've been using it, um, I go through paint very fast. I couldn't figure out why I was going through paint so fast is because I am not thinning my paint enough with my brush. I have to stop and clean it more often, and I'm realizing because, I mean, just in the two hours, just the basic techniques. Um, it was a, it was a great class, and just watching him even put on the basic airbrushing stuff, and then went over to, it was just it was fantastic. It was a fantastic class. I had a chance to watch somebody for a few minutes, um, and I think part of the reason I was so hesitant to get involved in the airbrushing for myself uh-huh. is because I'm reasonably good, reasonably good. Uh, with a regular brush. Uh-huh. And you know what it is? It's intimidation because I feel like I have to, I guess in my mind I was mistakenly thinking, well, I have to give this up and I have to start over and I have to learn this new thing and I'm no good at it. I'm, I hate to lose all that time. And the, right. You know, and my friend Taz, uh, our friend Taz, was right. right there. She's like, well, your brushes are still right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can still pick up your brush and use it anytime you want. You're just lose, using how to... Use the the airbrush too. Well, one of the it's just a new way of expressing yourself with exactly. a new tool. Well, one of the things that Matthew had said was, airbrushing is not going to make you a better painter. It will make you a much faster painter. And I gotta say, I agree, um, because I and a lot of people. It's funny. A lot of people in the class were doing what I did: base coating, 
and priming with their airbrush, and that was it. But even if you just do that, I mean, I can base coat 180, 200 models in like two hours. I can then go back after, and because it's such a thin layer of paint and it's atomized, it dries so quickly, Mm -hmm. I was able to prime in two hours and then go back to those first models I did two hours ago and base coat them. And in four hours, I had 200 models primed and base coated. You can't do that with a brush. No, you can't. And there was nothing special, nothing spectacular. You couldn't look at this and be like, wow, you airbrushed this. But damn, it's an amazing tool if you want to get faster. Uh, and that's one of the things that I was doing. It was it was a great class. Uh, Andrew and Brosco were in uh, were on the class with me. So we were just they sitting around having a good time. Undeniably good painters. So yeah, if they're if they're going to be picking up something from that, I'm I'm yeah. I was there. I was not at the class, but I saw that they had a setup uh, for the airbrushes, and I was yep. I was talking with Taz, and I was very interested in what the guy had to say. Um, I sort of my mind turned around a little bit watching him work with it. I said, you know what, this is a skill maybe I should pick up. So I might eventually get myself one too. While you were doing that, I, t- I took a spin over to the Mantic booth, and I had a chance to play um, uh, the pa- Project Pandora. I got a demo of that, too. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think? Uh, I liked Project Pandora. Mm-hmm. I did like it quite a bit, actually. Um, I do love the miniatures. Oh, they looked cool. Yeah. I mean, the... The women, the, the, uh, the rat people. The Yeah. I, was, I wasn't I was 100% certain what I would think of them. Um, I liked the paint job. Once again, seeing them with a paint job on them is so different than seeing, difference, the, yeah. seeing the plastics or the, or the greens that the, often you see on the uh, Mantic site. They show you the... Uh, those, I did like the vermin models. The corporation I was, looks great the too. Corporation looks really cool, and uh, they could to- those could totally be some really cool uh, IG if oh, you yeah. were if you were going to you know cross over models. Oh, they made perfect Imperial Guard. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, that's, if you're into that sort of thing, I don't know. Well, not everybody. I don't think that it's not. Forty yeah, K is not very popular, so I can't imagine that people would well, want to do that. Or you know, I mean, if you choose to use Mantic models in your, I mean, I don't. Not everybody does. Who that. would do that? I, I've got. 320 yeah, of them some, in my VC army. <laughs> contingent of uh, abyssal dwarves. Um, speaking of which, uh, you talk to Ronnie at Kings of War tournament next year at Adepticon. I'm committed. <sighs> I'm doing this. Yeah, I'm, so I'm playing it too. Ronnie, Whatever day it's on, I'm playing it. Ronnie Renton said that he is going to have a Kings of War tournament at, an, at the next Adepticon, and I told him, count me in. I think I'm going to be taking Undead. <laughs> you think? <laughs> I think I'm taking Abyssal Dwarves. Well, I mean, I would, okay, I would take Dwarves, possibly, but obviously you have to have a certain percentage. Now, I know Ronnie was talking you have to have a certain percentage of them be the Mantic models. He wants, I th- he, what he mentioned at the time was 50% at least need to be Mantic models. And I don't have 50% in a Dwarf Army. I definitely have 50, because I even have the Skeletons and the Revenant Skeletons, so I could use the, the, the Revenant, which is sort of like Graveguard. Right. Um, I have a bunch of those. I'd have to get them painted up for next year, but I have those. Obviously, I've got 200 zombies. I have 100 ghouls, um, but I think it's cool that he's obviously he's not insisting on it being full, which makes sense because they still haven't put out mummies or werewolves for my army for Kings of War, so I have Reaper, mummies, what, and werewolves. What are the base sizes for the werewolves? Uh, are they 20, 25, or 40? Um, the ones I have, I think, are 40s. Harrison, could you grab one of my werewolves from over there? So, I mean, skin wolves can work. Yeah, they okay, could, actually. Cool. Um, in fact, yeah, I, they were listed. Um, 
they, they you can only buy them in three or sixes, and those are usually the the uh, the forty mil bases for you can only buy them is three or six, and the ones I have are the Reapers. I got them on a trade. Cool. Um, and then the Reaper mummies are really simple. I got about eighteen of them, so I can get a unit of twenty. But I'm I'm really excited. I can't wait I'm to get going. So excited! Although there's a part of me that wants to go ahead and just do a Twilight Kin army, but I don't know. I don't know. I think I have to do the Abyssal Dwarves. I gotta say, I like those Twilight. I mean, oh yeah. Okay, my biggest beef with Mantic is they have all these cool rules for all these cool armies, and I just I wish they could put out models faster. And I mean, they can't. I mean, there's only so fast you could put out models. And there's only so many of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And they're doing a lot at once. Yeah, that's the thing. They've got so many irons in the fire, and it's great. They're a growing company. Yeah. I mean, they're hiring now. I just saw they sent out the emails that they're you know yes. they're, they're hiring. Yep. Uh, and yeah, good if you for them. To be, if you happen to be in Nottingham and you're looking for a job, yeah, um, they're a fantastic company, and they're growing, and they're putting out constantly putting out these. I mean, they've got two great games with two great game systems. I like the Warpath system. And who knows, Dave, what's coming up with them? Though you know, they're constantly putting out more. Ronnie's always giving you the nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Something's coming. Something new's coming. Something could be. Um, who knows? Wee. But. Um, that's my only beef is they've got this cool Twilight Kin army with all this stuff listed and the models they put out so far I really like their their crossbow elves um, their the spear elves that they've got for the Twilight Kin yeah look great and I'd like to see what they're going to do for the other models but right now I have to proxy out my other stuff I mean because they don't have them yeah and that's okay for the time being but i imagine that they're going to be working hard to get some more guys out you know they are yeah and i mean that's it's not a, it's not a real criticism to say hey i mean they've put out i mean let's face it necron's second wave just came out we talked about it in the beginning of the show because gw put out a book that they didn't have all the models for um warriors of chaos may be getting a new book and there are still models two years three years later that they don't make mm, for that army list like their war chariots yeah the war well they have the, chari- the war shrine, yeah. shrine which i know the whole thing is it's a hobby you can build your own but whatever so, you know i'm not a guy who likes to do a ton of conversions i kind of like to build models and paint them mm-hmm. um so my you know my critique of mantic is they're giving me so much great stuff and i want more so if that's the worst i can say about them that's pretty good yeah I if think. your biggest complaint is keep it coming but faster then that's not really that bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what else did you do in the well ronnie ronnie told me that the their new book their new kings of war hardcover uh i, I don't remember how many pages but somewhere in the neighborhood of like 150 pages for the new kings of war rules going to be out this june yeah, and it's still not up for pre-order because I'm pissed because I want to order it. I want that book. I, I want was, that book. I was, well, I guess uh, membership has its privileges. I was able to... Wait, am I turning green? You might be. Yeah, because I, I know what you're about to say, and I am so irritated. I was able to commandeer copy number one of the New Kings of War book. Not even that you got copy number one? Oh, and it's going to be signed. Not even that it's going to be signed. I almost yelled at you just for like, dude... It's not like they gave it to you. You bought it. Bought and I'm it. just thinking, you should have bought two. <laughs> you knew I would want one. You should have. I need one for Dave. I'll pay for it. You knew I would have paid you for it. I was like, oh, now I got to wait. You're getting yours shipped. It's already going to be there, and I got to wait with all the schlubs. Well, I'm sure we can work something out. I need a book. I can't wait. And I don't even. I can't I, wait. I mean, are they updating anything, or is it just going to be more complete with it more sounds, pictures? It sounds like there's going to be something in of a way of an update. It sounds like they, you know, they're just tweaking the rules so that they are more fleshed out. They're play tested to death so that they're going to work right. It sounds like nothing is broken. Everything is, you know, what you're supposed to do with a game, which is okay. 
we got a good game. Now how can we tighten it? And it sounds like they yeah. tightened it. There's a ton of fluff. The biggest critique, oh, remember when you and I did Garage Gamer, the biggest critique was Where's this the needs a story, and they have it. So Well, because they, they canceled the Mantic Journal, which was full of fluff, right. and now they're going to put yeah, it in t- the book. I remember reading through those thinking, why weren't these in the books? Well, they're in the books now. So everything is, everything is explained. The very world good. is very much alive. See that I'm going to like. Now I know Andrew Niekamp had said maybe he would join, but he said he did. You know, can I play it in an hour or so? I don't just want to play Warhammer Light. Uh, I'd never felt like it was Warhammer Light. You know, when you read the rules and when you look at the game, it it look it looks it like Warhammer looks Light. Like Warhammer Light. It until doesn't you start playing. It doesn't play the same. No, it just doesn't. And it's fun and it's different enough. It's a clever game. It it's is. a clever game. It's simple. It's a little more beer and pretzels because you're not worrying about taking models off left and right. You, well, you know? know what, though? I, yeah, I, I, compared to Warhammer, with Warhammer, you almost have to study it like you're a lawyer and look for loopholes and look for rules clarifications and look for volume upon volume of, okay, what rule did I forget that I can start applying here? Kings of War does not yet have that. No, it doesn't have 118 pages. It, it also, has 18 pages. It also allows for more in-depth maneuvers. In The, the movement phase makes a much bigger difference well and they well and they they have the seventh edition sort of double movement charge as opposed to the random charge so if you're into that if you i think if you if you are a person who doesn't like eighth ed if you're really into seventh ed still kings of war might be something you would be a little more into i think that kings of war marries both seventh and eighth in a way that a lot of players wish they still had yeah which is part of the reason i'm so satisfied with it next year for adepticon my big plan is to play several different things. I am definitely playing Kings of War. Depending on what day it is, I'll probably do a how you use it because it's only a half day of Warhammer. Yeah. And uh, I'm definitely going to try to sign up for something for Malifaux next year. Get, get a variety. Yeah. Not just, not. I mean, I love Warhammer, but three solid days of just playing game after game after game of Warhammer, I was so exhausted. <laughs> One other thing I managed to do, and I eventually want you to talk about your games a little sure. bit. Sure. But uh, the other thing I was able to do is I was able to meet, and it was a real pleasure for me, was to meet Tom Anders, who is the author yeah. of the current rulebook six for Blood Bowl. And he's representing his own company, which is called Impact Miniatures. So I bought a whole bunch of Blood Bowl dice. I didn't know Tom ran Impact Miniatures. I mean, I knew who he was. I knew he wrote the game. Yeah, he's the president. Because Impact's got some cool, cool stuff. One of the coolest things they sell right now that I picked up, besides their dice, which I really like, which are perfect for Blood Bowl. Uh-huh. Um, they also Jeez, what a surprise. Yeah, no good. <laughs> they, well, they have teams, and they also sell mats that are great. So I bought an extra mat. I, I mean, I have two boards. I have one from second edition, which is the Styrofoam, the Astro Granite. And then I have the third edition cardboard. You know, the, That's the, a base paint color now. Astro Granite. Astro right. Granite is one of the new colors from GW. I That's love it. But I bought a third. I bought a mat, which is just like roll up, and it's perfect. It's, it's nice. a great level board. Yeah. yeah I'm gonna, in fact, you got that from Impact? I'm yeah. going to have to go online and order one. Sure. Because I've got the cardboardy one, which is nice, and it unfolds, but it's never it never lays perfectly flat. Yeah. And quite frankly... Every time I fold it up and unfold it, it's always it's it's you know it's it's thick gauge cardboard, but it's that paper paint cover, and it's always kind of crackling, and it's getting old. Well, the nice I mean, thing I about this use, is you can roll it up and throw it in a bag, throw it in your pocket. I mean, it's exactly. just boom, it's done. It's like it's a portable, good sized pocket, but yeah, uh, you know, yeah, big pockets. big pockets. All right, Mister Money Bags, big pockets. All right, you know what? We're coming up. We got to take another Let's break. Take We're hitting break. break time. We're promising ourselves to keep them regular. So, okay. Well, guys, when we come back, maybe Dave, you can talk about your uh, games. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. So I guess we'll use this old army book as a hill, and uh, we'll use this soda can as the Dark Tower of Darkness. Okay. 
take your game to the next level with Weird World's Terrain. Our products are handcrafted and cast in lightweight, durable plastic resin that's sure to stand up to the rigors of battle. We're adding new products all the time, so if you're tired of the same boring hills and forests on your table, make Weird World's Terrain your destination for tabletop wargaming terrain. WeirdWorldsTerrain.com. What's your world? Check this out. Back, back, back. Okay, so here we go. Um, see, I'm avoiding saying it because I just mentioned how it's weird that we keep saying it. So, Hello and welcome back to Garage Hammer. Yes, oh, thanks hi. for coming back. It's uh, time for... Dude, I don't even know what... Just forget it. Okay, we're back. Hi. Uh, <laughs> we're people on microphones. How do you do? Yeah, so back to Adepticon. Um, so on Saturday, you played... Uh, for Friday, I got a pickup game in. Against Relian. Against Relian. Mm-hmm. He came up and said, hey, do you want to play? He was looking for a pickup game, and I was like, hell, I'll play. Um, wasn't planning on it, but he said he wanted to play, so I ran upstairs and grabbed my army. Yeah, this is, um, I should mention right now, I apologize, because he and I wanted to play a pickup game. We were supposed to do it on Thursday, and I couldn't even make it. Right, um, and then I think sure. he was hoping to play you on Friday, but your stuff was still all in the car. You, in the car. Just got, I, you came straight from work. You were in your work clothes. Full-on hobby fail. All I wanted to do was chill out. I yeah. My brain was addled from work, so I said no thank you, and I know that sucks, but I'm hoping that he'll be willing to play a pickup game with me at uh, Bits instead. And it was kind of cool because since you weren't feeling up to it, I just kind of stepped up and said, hell, I'll play. And I appreciate it. Um, and I hope he's not pissed. No, he wasn't. Uh, at least not at first, I suppose. Well, I suppose he can generate some irritation. Yes. <laughs> we can all generate irritation. Um, so we played 2200. He said, what do you want to play? I said, look, I only brought my 2200 point list for the championship because that's what I brought. So right. he played his Skaven championship list against my uh, VC champion list. Um, he was using his beautiful skull-marked point hammer dice. And I was using all of my fancy pants marked on the six dice. I use all of my custom. I like to bring the custom dice. They're all marked on the six. I leave the pod hammer dice at home, uh, not because of any weird feelings towards Jeff, but because, because the pod hammer the symbols, symbols are on the on one. ones. Yep. And all of mine are, I don't want to have to, you know, I have 40 or 50 dice with the symbols on the six. Boy, how about that? It's weird that a year has passed, and one year ago he was like the king of the universe, and he's gone. I haven't heard. He hasn't done a show in yeah. months and months and months. Well, I, yeah. I mean, the 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 you know Kent Fury when the Empire book came out tweeted that he might do an episode, but he didn't know if Jeff would be there, and that was just that one tweet. That's the. the but what are you gonna do? Yeah. So I kind of wish they would have at least said, "Hey, said we're goodbye. signing off." Yeah, that would have been you nice. Know. But uh, so we were playing. Um, I had my list, and my my basic list was um, I had a Master Necromancer with a four-up ward and the Black Periapt, um, so I can carry the two dice from the dispel or from the dispel phase of the magic phase and from the magic phase to the dispel phase. Okay, and he was Lore of Vampires. I had a Vampire BSB. Um, he was level one. He had the Armor of Destiny. Uh, and then he had the um, Aura of Dark Majesty, so with minus one leadership, and he caused terror. So even against fear-causing armies like ogres, which there was tons and tons of ogres there, 
Um, yeah, yeah, ogres and demons. They were still taking fear tests against this unit. So, Which is actually pretty bad because ogres don't have a very good leadership. Right, and it was a minus one to leadership because that's what he had. And I had a level one fighty vampire. Um, he basically had the heavy armor. Um, e- oh, each of my vampires had uh, the extra hand weapon. I didn't. They didn't have magical weapons, but they had the extra hand weapon. Okay. Um, so they were each getting five attacks. Uh, he had a five up ward. He had red fury. And he was also lore of vampires. Mm-hmm. So I had a level four and two level ones. Uh, I had a unit of five direwolves, uh, a unit of 35 crypt ghouls, a unit of 20 skeletons, two units of 23 zombies, five hex wraiths, um, one spirit host, nine crypt horrors, and the mortis engine with the tome. That was my army. Okay. Uh, it was kind of funny. Uh, I start moving my army forward. He's moving his forward. He's got lots of shooting. Um, I managed to either re- he either would miss the mortis engine or I was able to save it with uh, the regen save when he was shooting at it. He did have a couple of misfires that didn't blow up, but it wasn't allowed to shoot, you know, not shoot next turn, things like that. What was great was his first four times that he casts magic. He had, uh, he had a plague furnace with some plague monks. He had a couple of units of slaves, a unit of regular clan rats. He had one warp lightning cannon. Um, I don't remember if he had a catapult or not in this army. He had a one gray seer, and then he had the uh, plague monk on the, uh, obviously on the, on the, on the plague furnace. furnace. Uh, and then he had, so he's running this, and uh, he gets up to roll his magic phase. And irresistible force. The first four spells, he 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 irresistible force four times in the first two turns. Oh my god! Okay, so I was not. I was. I'll save these with the black periapt because I have no dispels to cast. Um, his magic phase went pretty darn well for him, but I was able to regrow a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was actually kind of hurting himself a little bit, blowing up stuff around him. Um, well, there are only so many wounds that those things can take. Exactly. I mean, a lot of it he was casting was just losing dice, or he was they they lived, mm-hmm. but there was lots of miscast, so it was getting to be silly at some point. Um, basically, long story short, we were pushing it forward. We're fighting here. We're fighting there. Uh, some really good battles going on. Um, he is he's fighting. It's turn five, I charge my mortis engine into his uh, units of rats. I'm chopping them up, but, you know, they're hitting it. They're hitting it here. They're hitting it there. They're pouncing it. Combat res. Oh, it popped. Turn five, 17-inch range. Strength five hits, 2d6. Problem is, he had pulled his uh, his uh, his plague monk, uh, did eventually blow himself up with the miscasts. So okay. the plague monk's on. The... Uh, the um, the Gracier left his unit because the units were getting into combat and he didn't want to get attacked. Oh, my God. That's a unit of one. 2d6, strength five hits. Boom. Bye-bye, Gracier. Dead. Um, any unit that was getting whittled down, I mean, 2d6, strength five hits, that's a lot of hits. And you're getting down to quarters, causing panic checks. I've got units of 50, uh, big as his. But uh, his were slowly whittling down and not being replaced. Mm-hmm. Um, mine were. And the long story short, at the end of turn five, I wound up 
I wound up winning that game against him. Um, it was a lot of bizarre dice rolling, though. I mean, I mean, there was seven or eight miscasts in that game between the two of us. Not, you know, irresistible forces. Um, it was crazy. It was really crazy. Um, but the Mortis engine, man, blowing up on turn five, made its points back, killed Gracier. That's more points than the Mortis engine costs. So, boom, worked really well. Fun game. Um, well done. It was, that was the only game I won <laughs> that weekend. Uh, not including the team tournament with Grant. We did well. But game gaming one-on-one, that was the only game I won, which I continued to point out to him. Well, do you want to go from game to game, or do you just want to talk about highlights about what worked and what didn't? We can go quick. Okay. Actually, we can go quick because I lost every game. So let's go through the highlights. Do you remember the four races you played against? Yes. Um, uh, I played... And their names, if you can remember them. Okay. Game one, I played against Mike Maddox, who was playing Dark Elves. Mm -hmm. And it was... I don't want to say the tip. It was the double Hydra list with uh, the general had the, the I don't know what you call it. What do you call the armor that gives you more attacks and gets better as you as it kills people? Oh, oh, that's not, that's not. Um, it's in the Dark Elf book. I don't remember what it's called, but it starts off at like a five plus. But for every wound you cause, it becomes a three plus, then a two plus, then a one plus. Yeah. So it's basically getting something cheap that gets better. And since they're likely to go first, it's a and very he had the good reverse, advantage. He had the reverse ward. Pendant of Kaleth. The Pendant of Kaleth on it. I mean, it was that list. Uh, I found out later that he apparently won the Chicago area Art Boys uh, last year. Okay. Uh, and he plays Dark Elves, and he's brutal with them. Um, I guess he was a little sad that I had found out that he had won that, like, for some I don't know why. Like, oh, I found out he was a really good player. All I knew was he was a really good player. I've, I've been playing Dark Elves for years. I mean, that's all you played against me for years. I know what they do. I know how to play against them. Mm-hmm. He's just a damn good player. Sure. Um, I did have some bad trouble. Um, he did, uh, I mean, on turn two, started turn two. Uh, I irresistible forced, and my level four became a level one. Yeah. So I had three level one wizards, all with invocation of Nahek. That's all I had. And so I going up re- against the dark elves. It's a horrible combination. Uh, it was it was brutal. Um, I got it went it went to turn four or five. Turn four once again, mortis engine blowed up. Turn four, toughness three squishy elves did a hell of a lot of damage. Yeah. Um, as it should. But I didn't have a model left on the table. Okay. I got. Tabled completely. So you um, lost a general, it sounds like. They started to crumble and just eat themselves, too? Yeah. Okay. I mean, he killed off the vampires and then just went after the necromancer, and the necromancer didn't have a chance. And if you don't have an easy way of dealing with hydras, they tend to do horrendous damage. Yeah. Um, which is likely what happened. The crypt ghouls were doing... Oh, here. Oh, here's the problem. Uh, top of turn two, He, I had my crypt ghouls three by three, and he threw the pit of shades on them. Oh, Boom. and that and catches I, all nine. I failed all of it. What nine rolls? Yep, initiative two in those things. Yep. Okay, I rolled. It was the one time in the whole game I rolled high. I understand. You not you didn't uh, roll a, top of turn dice, two. No ones. Top of turn two. My one really tough. Actually, wait a second. Wait a second. That would mean threes are higher for for all nine dice. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Yeah. So I mean, he put the pit. It went off. It, I think it might have even gone off irresistible. So I couldn't even stop it. And I rolled it and took the whole unit off, and it was it was downhill from there. I mean, I just didn't have anything to deal with his big monsters. Even with even one left with one wound, you could have brought them all back. Oh yes, that was the thing. I could have brought them all back, and uh, he did say to me afterwards, "He goes, 
you shouldn't have kept him three by three. As soon as you heard I was playing with Shadow, you should have lined him up four by four or something so I couldn't get every last one of them with one hit. You know, good and it was good, good advice. Call. Good it, was, call. it was good advice. And you know, he was he was fun to play with. He was very personable. He was very nice. He kicked my teeth in. Um, but, you know, when you lose that way and they're willing to talk about what they yeah. would have done differently, you can't help but take something away from you. It's like, you know what? Why didn't I redeploy them? I mean, if, you know, was it just me being... Exactly. I was being stupid. It was well, so funny. stupid, but, I mean, being negative, you didn't right. think of it. It's a, That's okay. It, you learn from it. It did crack me up because I was laughing because he shakes my hand. And, by the way, you have a really nice haircut. You know, the whole thing, just jokingly going for the sports with Nice. Because he looked at, uh, you know, I mean, he's he's that good. I mean, he's really good with those dark elves. Um, so, I mean, I think he looked at my army and knew he had the win, so he might as well be nice about it. Um, so I was one of... Now, for Adepticon, you get 15 for a win, 10 for a draw, 5 for a loss. Personally, I'm more of a fan of the 20-nil 20, 20 system, mm -hmm. but this is what it is. So it's 15, 10, 5. Um, there's bonus objectives and bonus points you can get, but when you get completely tabled... Yeah, it's kind of hard to get any of those. Right. So I was one of about 10 or 11 players who finished the first round with exactly five points. Because if you lose everything, you still get five points. Now, you get that and you get the random mix of all the people at the exact same points. So it randomly mixes them up. I randomly got the ringer, who was Grant. Um, not that I mind playing Grant. Nah that I didn't want to play Grant. I had played him against a very similar army just a couple weeks before at our primer, and I'd won. Right. Uh, the problem is there's 147 people there. I didn't want to play Grant. I mean, there were 10 other people at the exact same points level that I've never played in my life. It wasn't that I don't want to play with Grant. It's that I was hoping to play... You come to Adepticon to play different people. Right. Um, I actually said something about it, and I, I suppose Alex probably could have switched me up. I didn't want to be that guy. I didn't want to, oh, someone has to switch because I don't want to play my friend. I I didn't want to do it. So I just said, fine, I'll play Grant. Um, so here's what happens. We deploy. He's got ogres. He's got uh, a bunch of man-eaters with, uh, you know, scout and uh, something else, I think, stubborn. Okay. Uh, he's got a big block of iron guts. He's got a level four... I think he's a level four maw and a level one fire belly. He had an, um, I think he had one iron blaster. I don't exactly remember. It was a typical sort of list. Sure. Um, he had four more in fan cav. He had three of uh, the little saber tusks for deployments. Mm -hmm. Or no, yeah, I think he only had two in this list. Um, it doesn't matter. Here's what happens. We deployed. I finished deploying first. Um, I had kept my hex wraiths within. I, I basically... They get the uh, vanguard move. Right. So I'd move them. I had the, I put them down early, and Grant, of course, put his Mornfang cap because he'd face them against hex rays with the running through and hitting and the, the no magical attacks with, from the Mornfang. My hex rays have destroyed them before, so he put them way on the other side of the board. So I'm like, okay, I'll be clever. I put them over here. He put them on. All right, great. Vanguard them 12 inches. Move them just up a little bit and across so they're within 12 inches of my general, which means they can march, and I'm going to run them right through. His man-eaters get some strength five, no arm, no save attacks against them, and then try to go after the Mornfang. Uh, four dice rolls to see who gets the first turn later. Grant gets the first turn. Okay. And I'm like, okay, he's not going to attack them. They're ethereal. He doesn't have much magical attacks. Well, he had one unit that had one 
his one guy, his slaughtermaster or BSB, had magical weapon. Charges forward, top of turn one, because they were forward enough where he could get the charge. Manages to get off the the 10-inch charge he needs to run into him. You know, he says, I'm just going to push forward. I'm not going to try for objective points. I'm playing the ringer. You know, he's just going to push forward and roll the dice. Right. Manages to get off the huge roll, runs into them. His one character with magical weapons, he's got the always strikes. He's got the fencer blades, right? Yep, yep. So, yep. so he's initiative 10 first, always strikes first. Wipes him out. Overruns into my unit of ghouls that have my two vampire characters into it. The overrun, he rolls an 11. So bottom of turn one, my turn, he gets, like, you know, D3 impact hits. Mm-hmm. Tons of impact hits. Tons of regular hits. I roll for like 30 ghouls almost attacking, you know, back because he's got the always strikes last. Because I do like one freaking wound. Oh, God. He pops the whole unit, overruns into my general's unit, and for the overrun, rolls a 10. Top of turn two, pops the general's unit, game over, 27 minutes. So on to round three. Oy. Oh, it was brutal. And he was apologizing left and right. I mean, he's like, dude, I'm." people were making fun of him. Grant, you're supposed to be the damned ringer. What the hell are you doing? He didn't do anything you wrong. Can't, you I, can't, rolled, yeah, you I rolled suck dice. He couldn't roll anything but fives and sixes. I mean, it happened. I, I kind of, I, I, I gave him the slingshot. I thought I had him at enough of an angle where he wouldn't, if he did charge, he wouldn't get, I, I screwed it up. He took advantage of it, even though he wasn't it trying to. It doesn't sound to. like it's a screw-up. You were gambling against him rolling a 10, but he rolled it. And yep. once that happened, it created a chain of events that you couldn't stop. Uh, yeah, my whole army popped. It was 27 minutes. I came back, and people were laughing at me. I mean, it was, it was. I mean, the <laughs> guys were like, I heard you got brutalized by the ringer. I was like, shut up. But Nuh-uh. it gave me enough time to go to the store. Uh, or go to the seller's room. Harrison has a very brand new, nice techless clock. Cool. Do you see the guys selling the clocks? Yeah, they just basically had the back the paper face with the time, and yeah, they just had pictures from all the different Warhammer books, and they had the that that full color picture, the tech the techless picture. I took a picture of it and showed it to Harrison. And he was like, "I want that clock," and I'm like, "Okay, cool, I'll get it." How much is that clock? Twenty dollars? What? That's like a five dollar clock. And I'm, well, apparently, it's a fifteen dollar picture because. So he's got his techless clock. Well, I figure, go back. figure it cost him from a twenty dollar. <laughs> Yep. High elf book. They went snip, snip, snip. And yeah, or whatever. However, yeah. they printed them out because it was the thick. It's on a thicker gauge. It wasn't just a piece of paper. No. Um, so I go back for round three, and I'm playing a young gentleman who I don't. I, I never got his list from him. So and I can't remember his name. He was a younger kid. He's about fifteen. Kind of reminded me of Harrison a little bit. Okay. Um, he was playing ogres, and he had kind of the. It, 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 it's not the net list anymore, but it was one of the earlier sort of lists. So Mornfangs, he had he had a, he had some Mornfang. He had an Iron Blaster. He did have a unit of four of the uh, Lead Belchers. Mm-hmm. Um, he had Ooh, cool. He had the uh, Iron Guts. He had he had a Stonehorn. Yep. Um, really nice kid. Played very fair. Um, modeling, uh, Wissywig to a fault. Like, he actually, after he put down his general, said, hold on, here's my hell heart, and had a little heart-shaped thing that he put next to it, and here's my talisman of protection, and put that next to it. And I'm like, dude, you don't have to show me that or model that. He's like, no, it has to be, I guess someone told him that when you have to model for WYSIWYG, that you have to model your magic items. WYSIWYG, what you see is what you get. I I can understand the interpretation. Mm -hmm. That's very fair of him. And he was being really nice. And he had, you know, he was was a nice kid. Yeah. Uh, We played it. It went out to turn five. Uh, I... Once again, um, 
36 attacks with poison against his iron guts. He had like five or six iron guts left. I had all my ghouls. I did a wound. I mean, it was just, it was brutal dice. Uh, The one nice thing was, blew up the mortis engine on turn five. (laughs) Nice. Um, That's enough to make an overscale. No, actually, no, that didn't happen. That happened, um, that happened in a later game. In this game, Mortis Engine, he shot it, and I didn't get the save. It blew up on turn two. Here's when it goes bad. This was the one time it blew up on turn two all weekend. He's got Ogres. Iron Blaster is able to pick it out. It, well, I mean, of the other times Iron Blaster shoot it, it's not magical. It's not flaming. I've got uh, five up. I've got the five-up regen. If I get the first chance of four-up regen, I've saved plenty of times. Sure. Uh, this time I didn't, and this time it blew up on turn two, and it was still kind of in my back lines. With all of my toughness, three models, it was wounding on fives. It pulsed out 14 inches, but everything he had was way tougher. So it was wounding on sixes on multiple wound models. I couldn't I couldn't kill a model in this game to save my life, practically. The only thing that went well was my spirit host charged his uh, saber tusk. Mm-hmm. Or not saber tusk, his uh, stone horn. Yeah. And obviously, there's nothing magical on that. Right. Um, I had charged it in a way where I had other units around it, so he couldn't even get to the spirit host to charge it with something else. So the spirit host could not wound. I could not roll a wound on those four attacks. I rolled hits every time, could never wound it, but it couldn't wound me either. So they just sat there in the middle of the board. My ghosts were going, and his stonehorn was trying to stomp them and confuse as to why they wouldn't die. Um, But I I lost that, too. Um, He did roll for the Hellheart when I moved forward to make him use it, and he rolled a 1, so I still didn't have to suffer the effects of the Hellheart. But uh, that was the first game he won. It was the third game. He had lost his first two as well, Um, so he was really happy to get a win. He was a nice kid. I was happy to give him a win. I mean, at this point, I was so far out of the game that I was just, like, you know, playing to have fun, hoping to get sportsmanship. So um, that was game three. Uh, game four, I managed to get paired up against Johnny Hastings. So what? Uh, I don't know exactly how it happened. I just knew that I was really hoping to play against Hastings. And okay, well, cool, cool. I, um, have, I had a chance to play him once, and it was terrific. Great guy. Uh, he had his beast men. It was a great game. That was a great game. Um, lots of fun. Had fun against each other once again. Um, he had his uh, his his general uh, towards the front. His like level four. But he had his two level one or level two beastmen staying, keeping him back by the shard of the herdstone. Yeah, and so on turn five, when the mortis engine blowed up, they both died because they were units of one taking two d six strength five hits. Nice. Once again, mortis engine makes its points back, making just you know I, I had moved it forward and I had moved it into attack range and I was just keeping it near him, hoping he would miscast, and he charged it. And I was like, that's exactly what I wanted. You go right ahead and charge it. Um, you know, beastmen don't have a lot of armor, so strength five hits or any, yeah, yeah. Uh, strength five hits basically negated anything they had. So two d six hits against his units really helped. Um, and you wound him on a three. Yeah, that was another game where um, he had the upper hand in the magic. Um, I wasn't. I he actually was able to kill off my uh, my general on turn two. Okay. So I did a little crumbling, but then the other vampires were able to take over and keep the army from crumbling. But I didn't have a lot of magic. He had good magic. Um, I just I couldn't stop it. I didn't have the defense for it. So it was a lot of where he was. He was either like my strong units. He was constantly putting the curse on to slow them down, lower their weapon skill, lower their like the the crypt ghouls were actually the crypt horrors were were doing 
well, but he was constantly miasming them, slowing them down, um, or else buffing himself. So I didn't really stand a chance. It was a fun game. It was a good game. It actually wound up being a little closer than we expected, but that was mostly because the Mortis engine blew up. <laughs> um, I, can't, I, I, I can't say enough about how fun that Mortis engine is to play with, how cool it is, and when it works. I think it's cool that you're actually getting the finesse of it. I think that it's cool that you were... It's not something that I would single out as a very good item from the book in terms of a tournament, but the fact that you took it meant that you had to have maximize how to make it work. Yeah, and, and that's and that's pretty cool. It it was a lot of fun to play with, and it really did work really well. I had a blast with it. Cool. Um, I, I wound up coming in 133rd out of 136 players. Ouch. Yeah, uh, I sucked. I got 26. 27 points for total. I mean, you get 20 just for playing all four rounds. Um, I think there was a mistake because I know I did score some. I know I scored more than six objective points over those four games. Uh, I think there was just a small mistake. And it's not a big deal, dude. I can't. It's not like, oh, I came in. I should have been 129th. <laughs> um, there was some small glitches. Basically, I, I was hoping for some good sportsmanship scores. Um, I got decent sportsmanship. I think I got 40 out of a possible 48. That's great. Apparently, um, you know, apparently I didn't hit too many favorites because you got. I know, I got all but one point on the when you, on the on the scoring it the yes 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 and the one through five. I got fives from all my players except for one. Um, I think I don't know if Grant actually because he was the ringer. I don't know if the ringer scored the opponents. Like, you know, at the end, you rank your four players in order of how much fun they were to play. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you get ranked number one, that's four points. If you get ranked number four, that's one point. So you're getting points, but the higher you rank on that, the more points you get. Um, but I don't know if Grant – I mean, it's it, it, I, just, I don't know if I got fully scored for that. I'm not complaining. I just don't know how it worked. Don't um, know. Don't know. So, but I did pretty well with that. Uh, my one complaint is uh, I got really bad paint scores, and uh, I just I, I'm losing all day long and just sticking it out to play. I just kind of wanted to see how I would do overall, and I was kind of hoping um, when I read the paint scores, I was when I saw them on Friday when they finally posted. It took about a week to get them posted up on the Adepticon site, so I had no idea how I had done until Friday. Uh, I, I kind of lost my mind a bit, like angry, yelling, tweeting, like just anger. Um, because a few months earlier, we had been going over. Chris, you was here and we were talking about how Adepticon, remember when he got completely screwed on his pain scores last year, um, we had talked about how they had added in a few turns of phrase saying, if they've got this, you know, prefer this, prefer that. And basically the one, the one, the only complaint I had, everything else I think was scored accurately, but the overall appearance, you either get a 0, a 6, or a 12. If you have something that's unpainted, you get a 0. I had nothing unpainted. 6 basically says that it is base, bare tournament standard. 12 is you've done more than tournament standard. You've put some effort into it. And it actually says give preference to this if there are no unpainted models. I just feel that it's, you know, to have someone go and judge your army and say this is, this is just bare minimum when you've put in more than bare minimum, this is not a beautiful army. These are not finished. I plan on going in, doing more highlighting, more detailing. We all t- we already talked about this. Mm-hmm. Be that as it may, this is not three-color minimum. 
And the, the, and the, the example that I like to use, I was talking with Chris, you about this, is Ben Cohn from Wisco Dice came by. And he was talking to me, and um, he was there with his partner on the show, um, Paul. Paul. And uh, he actually said, see, look, you, you, you know the rate White Tech's cranking out models. Well, ben, and he can do- ben and Paul Wagner have had this longstanding argument where Paul, I think, is a little bit more in line with me, which is game is the focus. Uh-huh. And I think uh, Ben Cohn is a little bit more like you where, no, man, the hobby's the focus. Uh-huh. And you've got this sort of back and forth. It's the it was just, But I've, I've listened to the show, and now, I like both of the guys, and I like Ben a lot. Uh, ben is a bit of a, a hobby Nazi. <laughs> He's got very, very strong opinions on, you know, what you need. And that's not a bad thing, but he's very, you know, needs to be cohesive, needs to be painted, needs to be painted to the best of a person's ability. Three color minimum, if you can do better, is just not enough. Um, I haven't always agreed with him when he talked, but I also took it as because he, he, because he prizes his hobby so high. Yeah. When he sat there and I'm playing, he was, now see, you know the rate White Tech's cranking out models. And it's still more than basic standard. He's putting out a quality, you know, a quality mo- to have someone who is so particular about his armies to say I was above basic standard. That when I got that on there now, and I'm not criticizing the crew who does this. Um, Alex runs a fun tournament. Domus said it best because uh, I was talking to him about it, and he really sort of talked me off the roof a bit. Okay. Everybody wants to play. Nobody wants to run the damn thing. They could have used 12 paint judges as opposed to the four that they had. They had 140 armies to judge. Now, you can sit there from the player side and say, I don't care. They need to take the time. They need to make the time. They need to do it. Dude, these people were busting their chops so that we could play Warhammer. I am not complaining about anything, any way they ran the tournament. I'm just saying whoever looked at mine... Maybe they were rushed. Maybe they felt that way. I was just frustrated. It, it's over. It's I, done. There's under, nothing to change. I understand. Mm-hmm. Chris, you had to go through this last year as well. And his okay. And his high elf army painted ten to, magnitude of ten better than my my army. But what he was able to do from it was all I could tell him about his army last year was: look, there is one thing, and that is that your eagles are not painted to the same standard as the rest. So he took that to heart. And he his he's, kick ass now. Yes, they do. Yeah, yes, they do. They're breathtaking. Well, All I can say to you is, look for a way to add more detail so that if you get a score like this again, you can point it and say justify it. You know, it's like exactly. Well, and that's what I did. In fact, I tweeted that, and some people were like, "You go." I said, "The machine is now ang- the machine is angry." I said, "You know, I had thought that a five colors for zombies, the basic core nonsense we talked about this earlier." The five-color basic would be enough. I have now looked at it, and there are about three or four more steps I'm adding because now I'm mad. Because, the, honestly, the zombies, if anything in this army could be the weak link in a bad paint score, is the zombies because there's so many of them, and they're a bit flat. They have five colors on them, but it's still that sort of brown, mucky, ugly color. So I'm trying to make them pop more, and it's like it is. It has it has actually pushed me and motivated me since we've been – since Adepticon – I've been working on them, making yeah. them better. I'm, I'm, I love the hobby. I've, I've become more in, in, in every year I play. Every thing I paint makes me love the hobby aspect of this more and wants me to get better. Well, I don't think you should ever try and paint like me, but I think this is one case where at least taking a page from the slow boat to China paint method that I take mm-hmm. could it apply to you. Right. 
a little more time, a little more detail in the places that will make the model stand out. You know, a little try to focus on the photo. Agreed. Yeah, a little photorealism. I agree 100% because um, with the exception of the mortise engine, which I'm just going to finish up the base, like the sand on the base and paint it up and maybe try to put a little, some stuff on there to make the base a little nicer. Yeah. It's done. But I spent 20 hours painting that thing. And there you go. And I think it shows. It looks cool. It's really fun because Chris, you had said, you know, go back and look at your old models. He goes, you know, Chris has known me for over two years now. And he's like, in the two years I've known you, your painting has improved ridiculously. And I went back and looked at this stuff. I was the dwarfs I was painting two years ago. And I kind of compared them to what I've been. It's like, ooh, yeah. I actually, that makes a big difference. Yeah, I can see how, and, uh, you know, so it's, it. It, it angered me, and I'm only mentioning it because it was frustrating. And it's like I I now f- understand how upset Chris you felt. I mean, he and he handled it I think better than I did because I just lost my mind about it for about 48 hours. All you can do is just roll with it. I was so angry. I was so angry. I was so angry. It's hard. This is one of the challenges of fantasy versus some of the other hobby games that people can play. Because in fantasy, in order to make the game a complete game. We are attempting to quantify hobby time. Right. And score it. My hobby scored higher than your hobby. It's a hard thing to do. Uh, the thing is, the po- there's there's 30 points that you could score on this list, and the maximum you can get is 25, which means mm-hmm. you can kind of do well in some parts and poorly in others and still get your full points. I judged this army based on this list because I have a list in front of me. At about a 17, maybe an 18. But that's based on getting that first 12. I mean, of all these extra points, the other 18, I only gave myself four or five. Getting that six really felt like a kick in the ding-ding. I hear you. Well, there are two ways to go about it, and I think you should go both paths and try and find a way to make them both merge. One of which is be disappointed for sure. Mm -hmm. Hey, this hurts. I put a lot of time and effort into this. And then the other path is, okay, I didn't reach somebody's standard. What do I need to do to reach it? And we were talking about this before the show, and you yeah. gave me some bits of tips. And I will admit, outside of the mortise engine, not one of these models is done in my mind. I still want to go back and add some highlights. I still want to go back and add some bits that I that I neglected. Um, but Well, I want you to believe and know that you kicked ass on this army. You kicked ass on this army. It looks great. Thank you. But, and I have to say a but here... There's when room you, for improvement. There's room for improvement in the same sort of way that, like, two players who just get started in Warhammer Fantasy, they practice like you and I when we first got back into it. Um, we rank amateurs compared to where we are now. Oh, yeah. Because we... And I, and I, and I'm still not all that good, but damn, I, use, I look back you're, and I suck. You're damn good. But um, the point I'm making is by getting a chance to play with other people, by exposing yourself to more higher level tacticians, you know, you've improved as a player. You're going to have to do the same thing in your painting as well. It's like recognize that you're swimming in the in the pool with the big fish. Yep. And you're a good painter, but you're competing against some of the best people in the country. Yeah. And, and because it's Adepticon, some of the best people in the world. Yeah. You know, I was watching the uh, the Cool Muni or Not painting tournament, breathtaking stuff at the Crystal oh, Brush. Oh, that's, so, that's some, some of that's sick. It's I think, so I think good. that your painting score partially has to be reflected by the fact that you're being compared against some of the best painters in the world now. And it's going to hurt. And while I agree with that statement, 
I have to disagree on another level is there is nothing on this sheet that compares me to the other painters. There I, is a there is a very I got and you. That, that's what I'm saying. It, there, this is laid out very clearly. But it is this or it is this. But anytime you attempt to quantify hobby time, uh huh, it's oh, all so I, subjective. It's hard. And I get that because for some people, a bear tournament, bear tournament minimum, obviously. Yeah, this is not. This looks like bear tournament minimum to somebody. This is not physics. This is literature. You know exactly. <laughs> this is hard to grade. Right. So I mean, it, what it it happened. I'm not. I'm not angry about it anymore. Basically, because I have to keep telling myself, dude, these people were working their butts off for free, so that I could have fun and play games and screw around this weekend. Well, something that our listeners can take away from this is that don't give up on your painting, even if you feel it's not good enough compared to some of the other people's. Even if you went to Adepticon and got a low score, don't give up on it. Keep going. The like, machine is angry. The machine <laughs> is cranking it out now. The machine is kicked into overdrive. Well, just just find find your reserve and keep going. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's the plan. Uh, quick break, and then we'll get back. Uh, I did play in the team tournament the next day. Yep. Uh, I'd like to cover that real quick, even though Grant's not here. We'll cover it real quick and then wrap up um, our stuff. Sounds great, guys. We'll okay. be right back. If a game is only as good as the person who plays it, then the best games can be found at Unique Gifts and Games, collectible and classic card games, board games, RPGs, tabletop miniatures, hobby tools, and more all found within and so is an amazing community of fellow gamers, as well as dedicated gaming tables, terrain, and a library of open games to try. It's also your source for Unseen Lurker, the independent tabletop wargaming magazine. Stop by for Warhammer Fantasy Mondays, 40K Tuesdays, and War Machine Wednesdays. Demos and tournaments are alive and well at UGG. Check their website at uniqueugg.com for their calendar of events or call 847-548-8270. Don't forget about the rewards program, their convenient location in downtown Grays Lake, Illinois, and their friendly staff. Unique guessing games. Great gamers mean great gaming. So we're back. Back. Hey. Hey, before um, before we are back, 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 um, and talking about Adepticon, I just wanted to mention uh, July 14th is Invasion Kenosha. Number four, that's right. Now, it sounds like he's going to be tailoring it down to just one day. Yeah, he had originally thought he was going to do the big three-day hobby weekend, but um, it is going to be the one-day tournament. It's going to be 1,600 points, three rounds. Right. Early registration is over. Yes, so it the 20, finished up on the, the 30th of April. The $20 registration uh, is over. It's now the $25. Still for $25, there's a swag bag with lots of cool stuff that includes that meal, he, the delicious He just mentioned uh, that... Uh, Avatars of War has signed up with them again, so they're going to be. That's part of the swag. Yeah, you're, everyone's going to get a random Avatar of War model in there. I mean, it's guys. If you're anywhere near Salem, Wisconsin, and you got a day to spend, it's. I mean, it's like from eight to six, and then there's going to be open gaming till ten if you want to hang out. And don't forget that he's got that independent painting tournament as well, so you can put in like individual Anything. monsters, individual characters. I'm excited about that. That's something that I wanted to do. I saw it last year and realized I should have been a part of that. Harrison so Grant, I need to find a single model and just breathe life into it if I can. Harrison Grant and I are all signed up. Already, you are. Yeah. Well, we. I wanted to. I mean, I had to sign up for two of us, so I wanted to get in on the cheaper price. Okay. Because forty instead of fifty is. I mean, it's you know something. Yeah. So it looks like I can actually be a part of it. That's going to be on the fourteenth. I and two weeks after that, I have to be in a wedding, but. I think I'm in. That, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. That's the sign-up. I, I know there's about 15, 20 people signed up right now. The guys are still space. Uh, it's still early. I mean, it's it's you know it's still a month or two off. Um, and it's 1,600 points. It is a it is a fun, 
fluff tournament. That's for, what he's for twenty bucks. Uh, it's gaming, food, and swag. Yeah, and contests and raffle. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, dude! I I got away with like a bandit last year. Um, I'm bringing more money to the raffle this year because the guy. I mean, dude, I mean, the, the, dude, that one guy bought like fifty, sixty tickets, and he won like five times. I was so angry. I was like, I didn't win nothing. I got but, a uh, I got a Kador battle box, which is perfect because yeah. that's one of the armies I play. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Which is cool. Hey Kool Aid. Hey hey Kool Aid. Oh yeah. No, I, it's 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 a great time if you can go. You should go. It's Salem, Wisconsin, July fourteenth. Twenty five bucks for a day of food, gaming, and a lot a lot of fun. John runs a fantastic tournament. We haven't seen him in quite a while. He's been really busy. I actually talked to him. I'm like, I hope it's not. I, I saw him very briefly at Adepticon. He was there. I believe he was. Yeah, I saw him. I unless even, it was an apparition. Didn't even see him. I I, I didn't mean, think he was somebody, there. Unless somebody really fooled me. <laughs> I fool you. I fool you. You know who I didn't see? I mean, I saw him for a second. The president? Uh, no, he was there. Was he? Yeah. I missed him, too. Hey, Obama. He's like, hey, Phew. what's going on? I, I didn't do very well in my fantasy tournament. Played against White Tech. He beat me. No, I lost every game. That's oh, a lie. That must have been something else. He lied. No, then it wasn't Obama. No. Well, whoever it was, he lied. Yeah. So who did you see? Uh, Aaron Schmidt. I, I saw him for a second. I saw him, like, twice. And, and then, like... Literally, like a, a crowd of people went by, and, and he then was it, gone. and he was gone. I'm like, oh come on, really? So, but I I saw him on our forum today, and not uh, saw him. I read words that he typed from a different location, mm-hmm. and they reached me by computer. <laughs> it's like magic. It was magical, <laughs> and uh, so I I grudged dork, him for dork dork. Hi there, guys. Hey, can I play too? No way. No way. Operation. Can I play? No way. Maybe when you're older. <laughs> okay, so so anyway, you I challenged him, so I grudged him, and uh, so we're going to play first round, hopefully at bits. Relian threw down the grudge against me. Ooh. I, I think I commented one too many times that he was the only person I was able to beat at uh, at Adepticon, and uh, he actually told me to die in a fire on Twitter when I commented that uh, one time. So that's not very. Boy, you should remember that. <laughs> I know. <dang. laughs> you know what you should do? You should write down sports score equals one, comma, per fire, die in a. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of, uh, you know, grudging people and seeing, I got to say, honestly, I was kind of burnt out playing games at a different In fact, on Sunday, I played in the team tournament. Tons of fun. Me and Grant breaking the maw, ogres and demons. Had a blast. Had so much fun playing. Um, you guys won your first game. We did. We against played Domus. against Domus and McClure. Yeah. Um, it was funny because you know Grant is very deliberate, and uh-huh. they got the go first. And uh, you know, I'm the only dwarf player in our group. I mean, Caleb plays when he gets to come around, but right. Um, and we're just more, you know, fun time gamers. So I may have. I'll have a cannon and a grudge thrower. And I've recently started taking an organ gun to protect it, not as offense, but as defense. Correct. I'm just not used to playing against them in tournaments when you have two cannons, two grudge throwers, and an organ gun. Mm-hmm. Top of turn one, everything into the unit of uh, Iron Guts. Yep. Uh, whittled it down to the banner bearer and the two characters. I mean, it was just like, holy crap, we're going to lose this game. Like, we lost our big unit right there. 
Um, Grant was staring at the board, you know, doing his I got to figure out what to do thing. We were sort of taking over, we were discussing it, discussing it, discussing it. We're playing a little bit slow. Not slow playing, but we had never played on – we'd only had one team game before, and we weren't used to, you know, making all the decisions, figuring things out. Uh, Grant made the smart move of breaking the unit up, leaving the standard bear on his own, and then splitting up the two characters. So if they did decide to shell us anymore, they had three separate targets to have to go after. That makes after. sense to me, yeah. Um, we moved forward. We kind of got into our way. We moved our blood letters into a horde formation. It was hard to move them around, get them around the Mornfang. Um, long story short, by about turn three, attacks are happening all over the place. We're getting hit. They don't have any magic, um, but they're stopping our magic very well. You know, it, it's dwarves, and they have some dispel dice for the wood owl. You know, the, but wood elves didn't take any magic because at hero level. It's they, only Athelorn. Yeah, so forget it. I'm going to move those trees. It was a, a several units of dryads, a couple units of tree kin. And some eagles. That was pretty much hit the the wood elves half of the army. Yep. Um, dwarves had the five war machines, a unit of corlers, um, uh, another unit of shooters. I forget some more corlers. I think, and then some warriors. I mean, it was just a basic you know basic setup. Um, we you know all of a sudden it's like oh my god. So we're trying to figure out what to do. Um, Mornfang is getting, you know, Domus is using his eagles to block us. By the time we, our turn one was taking a while, and by the time we were done, they had already discussed everything. So McClure and Domus just start grabbing their models and shoo, 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 moving them up, moving them up, moving them up, moving really fast. Uh, no magic, doing the shooting, blam, blam, blam. Um, McClure misfired a bunch. I mean, he had five war machines, so you expect some misfires. So he's kind of misfiring. Uh, we wind up with our unit of 15 pink horrors and our Zinch, uh, uh, Herald <laughs> charge. They take out one unit of uh, dryads. They overrun into another unit. They they wipe out all the dryads. Okay. Um, the Mornfang get taken out by the Treekin, which overrun, and the unit of Bloodletters runs into the flank of the Treekin and just starts tearing things up. <sighs> Goddamn Treekin wind up getting Domus with his stupid irresistible force. Or not irresistible force, his insane courage. So they hold. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning of the game, we lost. I mean, characters were getting shelled off the off with the artillery. We lost an entire unit of the the ogre. I mean, the ogre army, a thousand points, and was a BSB, the Iron Guts, a level one fire belly, um, and then a couple of saber tusks and the Mornfang camp. That's that's the army. We lost half of the army, and then the. Mornfang get destroyed. We got like two characters and one model from that Iron Guts unit left. We're like, holy crap, we, we totally felt we lost. Those, those stupid pink horrors killed 815 points worth of stuff. They killed all the dryads, overran into the war machine. Now, I will say this. There was a couple of funny things. First time under the team tournament, we only got to the end of turn five. It was taking us a while. It was taking us long enough that McClure said, we're going to have to play fast. We, we would have to play faster. Which I started to laugh because McClure is a very slow and deliberate player. He's, no, he's known to be a slow and deliberate player, yeah. Uh, but it's team tournament. It was kind of fast and fun. Um, they actually said, you know, we actually gave him a game at the end. Uh, we wound up winning that one. Only by, it was like a, we won by like two, three hundred points. And what the swing was at the last turn, we had all these pink horrors charging the war machine in this forest. And they said, listen, we might be able to, to, to take out the, the, they might be able to take out the Herald or do enough damage 
to help crumble the, the demons. So they charged it in the flank with their quarrelers. And they had a character in there, a hero, and uh, we won that combat. Okay. And they broke, and they ran, and we ran them down. And that unit was the difference between a draw and a win for us. Well, well done. So it was a very close game. It was a fun game. I mean, cheering, laughing, having a grand time. Never got to play against Domus. Never got to play against McClure. Was complaining on Friday that I could have played either of them round two, and I wind up playing against Grant, and then me and Grant get to play against both of them. Uh, it was a super fun game. Um, yeah, I, you got to play against Domus, McClure, I, yeah. Hastings, yeah, I, Grant. Yeah, I can only I can only say I look forward to another chance to play against Domus and McClure because I, I it, that was one of the most fun games I've ever played. Not just played at Adepticon, but ever. Those guys are so much fun to play with. It was great. Um, but we did win that uh, by by the skin of our teeth. And once again, the 15 pink horrors and the 815 points they racked up. Um, total stars of the game. Second game, we're playing against the guys who actually won the won the, the tournament, Du Bois. Turns out Du Bois were also playing demons and ogres. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're on the American yeah, ATC team. In, instead of team tournament, I think for this year, they should have called it ogres and dot, dot, dot. Yeah, it was tons of ogres. These guys are on the American ETC team. Right. They're like... I, that would I, be the ATC? Yeah, the ATC. Well, or do you mean the American team for the European team championship? Yes. Oh, crap. Yeah. Um, apparently on Rankings HQ, and I don't have their list either. I uh, Dude, I, I can't... Like, some of this stuff has gone walkabout. Whatever. I can't find all my yeah, stuff. Don't worry about it. Uh, and I apologize for not getting their names, um, not remembering them, but they're, like, ranked, like... They're in, like, the top 10 on Rankings HQ in the United States. Okay. This was surgery. Like, we're placing our stuff, they're placing their stuff, and they're quietly discussing with each other how they're going to dismantle us, and we didn't stand a chance. Bottom of turn one, we'd already knew we lost. The only thing that I didn't like about this game is that they were so surgical with those ogres, and the way that they were playing them, I'm afraid Grant learned a lot of tips, and he's already good with them damned ogres. I actually said, I go, stop doing this. He's going to learn too much. When we go back to our local gaming group, he's not going to be stoppable. Um, it was a fun game. Uh, once we had accepted the fact that we had pretty much lost it, um, they were very gracious, um, giving us tips and tactics. I mean, it was, you know, guys who are ranked top in the country with demons and with their, their respective armies, um, just... This is what you should do. Do this. It was a great learning experience. We had a lot of fun. Um, they actually signed up and got on the waiting list for bits right there. Like they were talking to Grant about bits, and um, they were so intrigued by what they had heard. And it was so funny. Grant had to run to the bathroom. When we went to the bathroom, I was talking with them, and I, I said, you know, I, I want to get your names and stuff because I want to mention this on our podcast because this was a great learning experience. You, they listen. Oh, cool. My guess is that Grant will find a place for them. I'm hoping so because mm-hmm. it would be great to play against them. It was, but it was, it was surgery. We were just taken apart. Um, he did have a small unit of blood letters, not a huge unit. Had a lot of demonettes, demonettes, and siren song. And the, what are those things that look like little weird horses? That fiends, aren't fiends that, of Slanesh. Two units of two of those. Yeah, fiends are great, and they're fast. They're moving ten. Yeah, damn, those things are brutal. Yep. They, they, it was Re- reasonably hard hitting. Strength four, I think it is. But um, in the hands of the of of these two guys, when they're that fast, 
Yeah, you find a way to make them work right. It, this now, was, did he have shadow? Um, I don't. I honestly don't recall. Okay, I'm just curious as to. You know, hold on one second. Well, they probably took the demonets for the siren song ability. Yeah, um, they actually had two siren songs. I think. But there you go. Because I think you could take it and use it once, and they had um, just, I mean, pulling units out of the way. Well, it means they either have to charge or they have to flee, and it gives you power over two units at a time. That's great. Well, and they declared against demons who can't flee. So there you went. And that's perfect. I looked all over, and it's sitting in a pile right there. <sighs> it was uh, Mike Norton was one of the guys, and uh, Brian Mo- Brian Moyer. Okay. Mike Norton and Brian Moyer. I've been looking for these all day. They're sitting right under the table on top of a pile of stuff. I can't believe that. So I believe it. Of course, because I'm a numbskull. Hang well, me as a warning to ninny hammers. Uh, but, yeah, no, uh, Mike Norton and, and uh, Brian Moyer. And I, I can't say enough about it. Surgery. That's what it was. Well, that is something nice about Warhammer is that, yes, the dice can swing it back and forth. Yes, the magic face can swing it back and forth. But still, generally speaking, a superior player makes him or herself known. Yeah. So it sounds like these guys made it obvious from turn one that they knew exactly what they were doing. And positioning is one of the things that you can control fully in 8th edition. Exactly. And position, the movement phase is critical. Yeah, and they, like I said, they totally, they totally won it. They, I mean... They, they just had it. So round three, and we'll wrap this up. Okay. Um, round three, we're playing against um, – uh, the team name was Off in the Shower. Off in the Shower? That's what the name of the team was. Um, we defeated them. And I'm saying we defeated them because I will not say we beat them and then say their team name, which is what he wants me to say on the air. Gotcha. Yes. Uh, Ron McCollum. Was the team, and it was his friend. Honestly, I don't have their list, and so I didn't. I didn't get their list. I don't have his friend's name. It was funny. Uh, Ron was playing on the table next to me, round one, and he was just laughing and joking, having a great time. So we start talking across tables at each other. Just, and he listened to the show. Um, we we're having so much fun, just sitting and talking, not even playing each other. And so when we when we did get to play each other on the last round, we were just like, yeah, because actually originally we were going to be playing against um, Elmer and Caleb, mm-hmm. and something happened. Someone had played, so they switched the tables, and so we got to play against. Oh wait, what are the names of the guys who, who are in this team? Ron McCallum and I can't remember his friend's name. Um, his friend just he had two people cancel out on him, and so his other friend had joined in, and he had to give him his army. McCallum, um, McCallum from. Um Where's he from? I don't know where he's from. His parents. <laughs> and, anyway, I think I met the guy. He was a terrific guy. Yeah, no, you met him too. He was yeah. talking with us both. He, fun guy, funny guy, had a great time playing with him. Now, he did make a mistake. He didn't realize the rules for the team tournament. Oh. And he said he wrote the list when he had been drinking. And so in his first game. Like you do. In sure. his first game, he actually had lord level characters in his list, which is not legal. So he had to uh, knock them down to level twos and then added in some other models but didn't have enough. So he was actually playing a hundred some odd points short okay. of the 2,000 points. Well, it was clear he was here to have a good time and just enjoy himself. So just laughing at each other. I mean, this was a game where we're all smiles. When, when, you, when we rolled big, the whole table cheered and laughed. When we rolled horribly, 
the whole table cheered and laughed. Um, I mean, just dancing, literally jumping up and dancing, like doing the happy dance when things were going well or, or poorly. Um, this game had a really weird scenario, which at first when I read it, I thought I would hate it, and then I loved it. Um, they had a big, they had a forest in the middle of the table. Oh, that is fun. I love forests. Um, oh, at wait, the end, of, the here's point. how the game goes: if you end your movement phase in the forest, you take D three plus one wounds with no saves of any kind. Okay. Okay. Um, at the end of the game, the army with the most models and uh, different sized models counted for different amounts. So like monstrous infantry might would counted for three models, uh, not actually engaged in combat. The most models in that forest not engaged in combat wins, period. If there are no models in that forest that are not engaged in combat, it goes to victory points. So if you throw your army into it and he throws and just charges you and you're both in combat, uh, then it goes to victory points. Um, what wound up happening was we realized where the time was and what was going on, and I just, you know, you keep thinking, oh, I don't want to take wounds. I don't want to take wounds. I'm going to lose. I realized about it. I'm like, great, it's D3 plus one. We shoved our horde completely forward. And, you know, the forests are a little L-shaped, the, the you know, the GW forests. The, yeah. So this force was a little L-shaped. So we had we were on the side where it was like the L the the long part was straight across the board on their side, and the little tail was coming down towards us. So I was like, no, we move it all. We moved it all the way up to about an inch outside of the forest. So if they wanted to charge us, they could. But we had that little tail back on the end. So if they charged and used up all the space to knock out those guys, we could have some guys at the end. Uh, the whole game. I mean, magic going back and forth, trying to redirect our Mornfang. Mornfang got eaten up. By it was all uh, by minotaurs, minotaurs, and two chariots, and the chariots with the impact hits both rolled like freaking sixes. <laughs> I mean, Mornfang got eaten up, but uh, we were able to use flamers and this and that. Just kind of, it was like it was a bit of a chess game, but it was more of a silly sort of chess game. Just constantly trying to outmaneuver each other, and then the dice wouldn't work for us when we had to do the one thing we had to do. Uh, finally, it got down to there, and he realized when we his friends like, well, if we charge him, and then we're neither of us count. And so they were talking, talking, and finally his friend goes, what do we do? And he looks over at the clock, and he looks at us, he goes, we keep our army back, we don't engage them in the forest, we shake their hand and give them the wind. He goes, why the hell do we do that? He goes, because if we do engage them, then it goes to points, and all they got to do is direct their attacks from the blood letters against the character in the unit, they're going to win anyway. So it just came down to that where he just laughs, and what do we do? We shake their hand, we give them a checkmate, and they win the game. And, uh... Once again, just a super fun game. Uh, really fun. But speaking of scenarios, lots of different types of scenarios in this particular, in, in Adepticon this year that I hadn't seen before. Yeah. Um, the first one in the first game, you had an 18-inch box dead center in the board. Right. Um, every banner that was in that box was worth an extra battle point at the end of the game. Cool. up to Up to a maximum of, I think, five. Kind of forced to choke. Okay. Well, it forced you. To, I mean, it was it forced, forced you to, to get kill in there. zone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then every 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 game in the championship had uh, if you were with the guy with the most models unengaged in combat within six inches of a piece of terrain would get a bonus point up to five. So you can get up to like ten points total bonus points. Mm -hmm. um, but that that battle box in the middle just. Get, forcing you to take all your banners and stuff and throw them in there and get them in there and get them fight you know and they're they're so close you're gonna fight 
really fun scenario. Uh, lots of really cool scenarios in the game. I was really pleased with the way the scenarios ran. Um, didn't have a problem with any of them cool. this year. Cool. Um, but that that was that all my games at Adepticon, and I hope I ran through them quickly. Uh, I tried to keep it quick and just hit the highlights. But some of them were so fun, you just kind of keep going on about them because it was that fun. And I, you know, I defeated off in the shower. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have one card game I want to talk about very briefly. If okay. my friend Chris Keimig uh, introduced it to me, I don't know the name of the company that makes the game, but it's called Sentinels of the Multiverse. Oh, is that that card? It's that superhero card game. It's a it's a it's a cooperative card game, and you play against. You know the deck, the bad guy deck, yeah. and it sort of plays itself. But I can't say enough about how much fun it was and how many ways there are to play. It so, was a little weird. It took me a while to get the hang of it, but I had a lot of fun. Yeah. I and mean, we got our butt kicked by the we did we did. I mean, that's, Overlord. That's the thing about a, a cooperative card game is that it's it tends to beat you as much as you beat it in the shower. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I wish I could remember the n- name of the company that makes the game, but I'm sure you could just Google Sentinels of the Multiverse. I really recommend it. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, um, that was a ton of fun. Uh, yep. You get, you know, you get your. There's all these little decks of superheroes, and you pick one superhero deck, and every Which, player, yeah, each person gets their own deck because that's the superhero they play. Uh-huh. And then the opponent, you choose which supervillain you're going to play against, and the supervillain has their own deck. And to make things even more interesting, you always fight in a different location. Yeah, you get a random location. Our location was brutal. It was Mars, was it? Or what, uh, it was, or was jungle, it the ocean? Some or sort or of jungle some, planet. Remember, it was all those, like the dinosaurs and crap running oh, around. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, it's like there are many to choose from. So, the setting is different. The villain is different. Oh, isn't the setting random, too? Well, you get to choose it if you want to, but it oh, can't okay. be random, yeah. So, you just choose one of the decks for the setting, choose one of the decks for the villain, and then choose your own superhero, and each one plays differently. Oh, so so much fun. Yeah, I really recommend it. A lot I of was fun. Really tired though. That was after the championship. Yeah, was everyone like, else was fading. So yeah, I was I was losing it. it. When it wasn't my turn, my eyes were drooping. I was just yeah. having trouble staying awake. Well, when I can, I'm probably going to buy the game. We're going to play it again. Cool. I'm going to cool. force you. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> okay, that's, that's a show. That is. That's a total show. Um, Adepticon was so much fun. I cannot wait till next year. Um, but I will say. Best part about Adepticon was seeing friends I don't get to see. Yeah, um, it's the best part of just about any tournament. Yeah, I mean it was it was really funny because I remember when I was playing against Hastings, like we were starving. It was the last game of the day. Mm-hmm. We hadn't eaten. We actually called for pizza. We ordered stuffed pizza, and I said, "When the pizza comes and the guy's going to text me when it's here, we'll just take a break. We'll just stop playing, and I'll run to the lobby and get the pizza." As I'm running down to the lobby, there's this dude that sees me. And he goes, are you Skip Stevenson? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I am. And he wanted to talk. And I'm like, dude, I'm in the middle of a game. I'm grabbing a pizza. But I'm like, why don't you come down? I'm at table 66. Just come down and hang out. You know, whatever. Uh, his name was John. And he's like, oh, you invited me? To-. He comes and he's like, he's watching. I'm like, dude, sit down. Relax. And he sat down. He was watching. It was so funny because his friend came by later. And he was like, he actually said, my friends aren't going to believe I got to sit and hang out for a whole game watching, hanging out with the guys from Garage Hammer and the guy from Point Hammered. And it was once again, it strikes me as so odd that people get excited to just hang out near us because I know me, and I'm just not. That, I know, I know you too. I'm I can't not that believe cool. that anyone would want to hang out with you. I know. <laughs> Let alone um, myself. What am I doing here? But it's so funny because I keep, I, I keep saying I don't get what. But it was like I spent my whole weekend seeing people that I don't get to see either. Yeah, and. 
I mean, seriously, between every game, I was outside with Hastings having a smoke, you know, just hanging out. Yeah, that's the other thing about uh, Adepticon and other tournaments. They've apparently turned into my Vegas. It's like, okay, so for two days a year, I smoke. Yeah, because I, I really never do. But I told Hastings I would pick him up a pack of, of American Spirits, and I grabbed two. And so I had one as well. Well, it's become a, a habit of my own to, uh, yeah. Well, it's just social. Everyone else was, so I was. Yeah. yeah but so it was, yeah. You know, hanging out with Rotor, hanging out with Broska, hanging out with... And it's so fun hanging out with John and all the guys. Fr- um, Rob Fanouf. Yeah. Spencer Stevens. Yeah. I mean, all these people that I never get to see. And I, I guess I was kind of marking out myself. Just, the domicile. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I get to see these people. And maybe, I mean, who knows? Maybe I seem like a creepy stalker constantly you're hanging out with them. pretty creepy. I, you, I, you wouldn't stop, I wouldn't stop thinking that you're not creepy. I would, um, I would continue to assume that you are. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I think... I think that's why one of the reasons I'm going to I'm going to play in a couple of different smaller tournaments and not I might not do the I'm not going to say I won't do the championship but it was a really long and kind of brutal day and there was about halfway through it it's not so much that I know I can't win I mean I'm not going to win the damn thing um, well in my case I'm a game slut I want to play more games of everything exactly I would rather have that time to play pickup games with all the other people yeah. I um, was I was disappointed I couldn't play Blood Bowl this year. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually started preliminary emails to find out if there was going to be a space for me, and then just life happened. Yeah. So, But, I mean, like I said, locked into that whole day of, of gaming those four games when I could have played pickup games with anybody who wasn't playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, well, I'm a, a hobby gamer. I'm not playing it to win the tournament. Yeah. Uh, if I come in in the top half, I'd have been. I mean, I, I okay. This year, I said I would hope to place higher than I placed last year. Last year, I was fifty-five percent of the way down of the list. This year, I was ninety-five percent of the way down the list. I did really poorly. New VC, you challenged yourself. Not a big deal. I don't care that I lost. I really don't. I had a good time playing. Um, but if I'm if if I'm not if I have no chance of winning pretty much any of the prizes at all then why not just play pickup games all weekend and play as many games as I played before without all the restrictions and constrictions of everything I, else? I hear you. I mean, this is the second Adepticon I've, I've been to where I didn't sign up for anything. And the only reason why is because I, I generally do play in the other tournaments. But for Adepticon, for myself, for myself, it's almost too big, you know, because I'm more of a hobby player myself. And I, and, I yeah. do want to get involved in gaming. Um, like next year, I know I'm going to do Kings of War. I'd still like to find time for Blood Bowl. Yeah, and I I'm passionately love Warhammer Fantasy, and I'm going to continue playing. Oh, it. and I'm and I want to I want to sign up for at least like how you use it. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably you know, find a way. It's it's a thousand points. It's five hours during the day, five or six hours for three rounds mm-hmm. total. I mean, it's it's a. I'm getting in some fantasy. I'm playing in it. I can't go there and not sign up for anything. I can't justify that to my family. Look, I'm leaving for three days to just go hang out. At least if I and, and I'm paying to go there and not do anything or not have anything set up, I just I it, some reason in my mind I can't. I have to be signed up for something. I have to have some reason to be there. Oh, see, my justification is I belong here. This I belong is where there I'm alive. Too, but I've got. But you know, yeah. I, I you know it was really rough for the three kids that weekend um, yeah. and Heather because they had things that they were scheduled, things that had to get rearranged, things they couldn't sure. do. I've got a lot of responsibilities here in the house with the with my three little angels, <laughs> and uh, to to go away for three full days like that was rough for everybody for me not to be here because Daddy's always here. Um, so, 
for me, I need to be signed up for something to justify it. I'll still be signed up. But Malifaux has only got like 50 players, I think, in the tournament. And, I mean, I'm not making fun of it. That's a good number of players. but That's a good tourney. It's a good tourney, and it's it's it's, it's at the size that I that I kind of like. Uh, getting into these – I mean, it's great. If you can sponsor a tournament that can have 150, 200 players, God bless you. I don't know that I have a part in that tournament other than just – hanging around to play to have a good time, but I can hang around. Like I just said, I can play around to play to have a good time in any, you know, pickup games. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to sign up for some of those smaller tournaments. I want to have, I want to go in and play some Malifaux. I want to go in and play some, well, you know, let's, let's clarify that. We're not suggesting that anyone else should do the same. I think no. that everyone should play. Everyone should play. Get yeah. in there and play some fantasy. David, you and I maybe. Well, and here's we're, the thing. we're looking for a place where we can feel like we're not swimming in such a big pond because you and I still have things to learn. That's exactly what it is. I don't want to offend anybody, and I'm not trying to say that the championship isn't fun. I love it. In fact, if the Kings of War tournament, say the Kings of War tournament's Friday, which is generally when how you use it is, if the Kings of War happened on Friday, and then so then I was booked up on Friday, so Saturday was the championship, and that's the only I'm, I'm going to sign up for something Warhammer. Then maybe I will play in the. I mean, if that's what I'm assuming that the Kings of War will be on Saturday. In which case, I'll have to sign up for how you use it. If it's on Friday, I'll be in the championships again next year. Who's to say? I will find out pretty soon, I think. But yeah. uh, I'm going to try and get either Ronnie or Joe to uh, give us more details on exactly. when and what, how many points. I think they're still deciding on points. Yeah, so don't get me wrong. I'm not disparaging that tournament. It's just it's really huge. And at times I feel overwhelmed, and I really do feel like a tiny, tiny fish in that pond. Give it a couple of months, though, because you also just had a very long and arduous. You know, pain is for, uh, forgettable. Yeah. And uh, you'll forget all the uh, all the agony of the uh, sleepless nights. Oh no, I'm excited and, to play. I'm excited to keep playing. I'm excited to paint. I'm looking forward to next year's Adepticon. I will be registered within 15 minutes of registration opening next mm. year. I'll tell you right now. I just I want to I want to branch out and do a little more, and I want to leave a little. I was so I was booked solid. Yeah. Friday two classes. Saturday all day. Sunday all day. I never got time to hang out. You know, and so I want to give myself a little of that time because I only get a couple tournaments a year, and damn, hanging out was really fun. Well, I'm ready to start doing cartwheels over bits. Oh, yeah. I can't yeah, wait. Yeah. I can't wait for bits. Yeah, I'm very excited about bits. And, guys, if you can, uh, like I said, if anyone can help out, Grant and them are looking for volunteers, someone to help. If you can be there and you're not in and you want to be a part of the glory that is one of the best tournaments, summer tournaments in the Midwest. Um, they can really use your help. And if you do still want to be in bits, right now it is absolutely booked. It's absolutely booked. However, if you really want to play in bits, the smartest thing you can do is at least let uh, the folks at Blood in the Sun, which would be Grant Fetter, Chris Yu, and Steve Leckman, know that you're interested so that they have a pretty good idea of what they can Get book for the next year. List. The yeah. waiting list isn't honestly that long right now, and there was several. I mean, I think last year 10 people dropped. So, so the best thing you can do is let them know your interest. I know that there are people out there who are interested, but they're probably holding off because they're absolutely booked. But you should tell them so that they have an idea of what they need to book for next year. And exactly. if they can change it this year, maybe they will. Who knows? That's up to them. But let them know your needs. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with uh, who the hell knows what. <laughs> Hopefully some more Warhammer goodness. Yeah. Guys, don't forget that we still accept uh, shout-outs. It's a one way of supporting the show. Another way is, of course, to get on our web store and buy a hoodie, uh, an iPhone cover. But support us any way you can. Give us a positive review on iTunes. We yeah. always use more help, and we appreciate the help we've got. 
Yes, absolutely. And you can follow us, Garage Hammer, on Twitter or Tover Sinister on Twitter. And another way to support us, of course, guys, is to look into the sponsors who help to make this possible and support them. Uh, Castle Oak Superstore, Game Preserve, Minikis uh, Games, and uh, Versus Den. And, of course, Weird World's Terrain. <laughs> and Battle Phone. Good. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye, guys. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. We hope you've enjoyed the show, and if you have, we ask that you leave us a positive review on iTunes. If you'd like to get more Garage Hammer, you can find us on Facebook at Garage Hammer Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, both at Garage Hammer and at Topher Sinister. And, of course, we invite you to join our forums at garagehammer.net. If you'd like to email us, you can reach us at garagehammer at live.com. You can reach David at david at garagehammer.net. And you can reach Christopher at tofer at garagehammer.net. That sounds okay. <laughs> yeah. And he's going to tell a song to you. <laughs> Dave's going to teach you a thing or two. We're having fun now. Me and all the gang learning from each other while, while we do, do our thing. thing. Nah, nah, nah. Going to have a good time. <laughs> See, this is this is why we're the kings this of the universe, right here. Why we shouldn't have microphones <laughs> in front of us most of the time. Okay, Christ. welcome back. So we're going to try to talk Warhammer. Okay, so new releases. Um.